0: I'm Jeremy Bullock, and you're listening to Traveling the Vortex. yo, ho, yo, oh, what fire is like for me. We explored the depths of the dust inside, bring up
1: the hardy soul ho. My riding in vessel and even hijacked, bring up the hardy
2: soul ho. We've joined the Doctor, yo, who is a very model of a Californian buccaneer and landed in episode number 188, and yar there be pirates. I'm Keith, yar I be Sean,
0: yar I be Glenn.
2: I don't do a very good pirate voice, so I'm not going to try. <laughs> I thought we were going to do this whole show as pirates. I, I
1: thought we were too. We're going to make you walk the plank,
2: matey, <laughs> if you don't be doing the pirate voice with us. A scurvy land lubber. <laughs> I'll be a pirate like in Band of Misfits that talks normal. A pirate captain who's very kind of sophisticated. And my luxurious beard. You have some ham. <laughs> which you have neither of it which a or
3: before. a beard <laughs> or a hand or a hand once
1: again i'd like to point out that you're the one that cost us the group costume contest this year
3: <laughs> you couldn't have just worn an eye patch no it was a suit for you
2: <laughs> why do you always gotta
3: one up
0: <laughs>
2: how are you guys
0: a little silly. <laughs> so I'm
2: on, it's I'm it's I'm on a high. It's, it's nine something a, it's for you guys. It's I'm like nine AM for me. Yeah.
3: Yeah. You're getting ready to work soon.
2: Yes. Oh. Remind I'm me another holly. thing to talk to you about later. <laughs> Stupid stuff. A warning me. maybe. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> so pretty much I shouldn't plan on going back to my normal shift on the twenty fifth.
3: No, 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 not Uh-oh. that not that, not
2: that. Not that warning. <laughs> No, not what?
3: that one. Although I am off that week, so if you uh, have to be <laughs> on, it'll be you. I don't think so.
1: I have a warning for you, too. One of your kids, when he's eight, <laughs> accidentally is going to spill something on the living room rug. Go easy on <laughs> uh, Do
2: you guys do anything fun? Yes. so. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: yes. Well, then I'll go first because I didn't I do did a too. whole lot this week. I read a lot. What'd you read? Of Kenobi. Oh yeah. It's good. It's very different for a Star Wars book because you know most are kind of big and epic. This is small and intimate. Mm. Because it's all set post episode three, before episode four.
1: And Uh, not canon. And not canon anymore, unfortunately. No
2: longer. Um, but it's really it's It's I've never learned (laughs) it's a legend. I've never learned so much about moisture farming in (laughs) Tuscans. Which he makes it interesting still. Um, it's very much about this little settlement A thousand kilometers away from the Lars homestead And Obi-Wan trying not to be involved And in getting sucked in And his remorse And what he, him ripping himself up for what happened previously So it's a really interesting book I have There's four parts I'm finally in the fourth part now So I read about 250 pages in a week
3: Wow Yeah didn't you say one of the chapters is like from a Tuscan Raiders point of view? Yeah,
2: uh, there's are several, actually. Does the whole thing
3: go <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, no, not quite. They didn't just write they like didn't. that and go, there <laughs> no, you go. That would have been pretty awesome. Guess, guess what he said. <laughs> there's actually a nice twist with the Tuscan Raiders that I'm not going to give away.
1: We should do that. We should do a short film that's all Tuscan Raiders <laughs> and
2: it's <then> just subtitled. <laughs> I can't believe I have to go to work on a Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> It's very disjointing and it's the first chapter after the prologue that's in the Tuscan uh, perspective so it's translated to basic I guess but it's, it's very disjointed and then Clearly <laughs> because they talk like this <laughs> yeah. once uh, it gets to a point where some of them uh, understand basic or like you learn that they understand some basic and speak some basic because of the Jedi that went and lived with them long ago or not that long ago I guess because Obi-Wan remembers him I can't remember his name now. Something yeah. had. We had a card of his. You know why they're called Tuscan Raiders, right? Because they raided a town called Tuscan. No, they raided a fort called Fort yeah. Tuscan. Yeah, that was it. I knew it was something similar. Sand people. Sand people. <laughs> uh, so it, it is kind of interesting to learn the kind of. Their society. Sand we don't people get much ride
3: single file to hide like their,
2: their numbers.
1: Sand yes. people is actually the correct nomenclature. Um, Tuscan is not canon. Actually, Tuscan Raider. <laughs> never mentioned in the movie. Go no, it's not.
2: They never mentioned Ewok, either.
1: Nope. Oh, they're just floor balls.
2: <laughs> yep. Never said. Uh, the other thing I've done, uh, we went down to the first Friday Art Walk on Friday, which was pretty cool. Walked around. Never got to do that before. Uh, for those that don't live in Topeka, it's <laughs> a bunch which is of... is all but us three. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> one of our... Wait, I don't live in Topeka? North.
1: Oh, but us no, But us yeah, all but a that, that was a math question. You there, there's aside. part
2: of our downtown area that kind of every first Friday of the month transforms and art gets on display and shops open late because it's normally not. So it was kind of neat to go down and do that because I'm always working on Friday, so I never get to go. That's pretty neat. Um, been watching Almost Done with Continuum Season 3, which they added to Netflix not too long ago. That's a fascinating show. I'm not going to get in too much into it because you guys... <laughs> haven't watched it at all. Uh I had dinner with my mom tonight. That's an early birthday thing. She's gonna be out of town for my birthday. She got me season seven on Blu-ray. Alright, finally.
3: Yeah.
2: I now have Finally
3: uh, oh. You're complete. Your oh, no. new series complete.
2: I'm still missing season four. Oh, are you? Yeah. Oh, I thought you would pick that up. But from what I understand I well, we might be Christmas. getting that soon. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh When's and your birthday? August twelfth. That's right. I'm coming up. But but my mom's gonna go visit my cousin and my sister, kind of do a quick whirlwind thing and visit them.
3: (laughs) Maybe I can give you your Sean's present on your birthday.
0: (laughs) Uh,
2: And
3: she there's a story behind that. What? (laughs) I never gave you your present. You know why? Why? I forgot because I I wasn't there when your birthday was around. And then I kept meaning to bring it. Kept meaning to bring it. And then I finally dug it out when my birthday was coming up. And I thought, oh, I should give that to him before he gives me a present.
0: And it was broken,
3: <laughs> so <laughs> it got shoved to the back of this corner in our kitchen, and it was still in the sack, and it broke. So I'm either going to have to try and find a replacement, or which is why I haven't told you what it is, right? or I have to find something else. So it's fragile. <laughs> it was very fragile. It, it wasn't super expensive. What's an addition but to my crystal it, cat it collection, no, no. <laughs> Wasn't super expensive, but it was old. Oh, so,
2: yeah. The other thing I did, we'll talk about later, is Guardians of the Galaxy.
3: Mm. Okay, I'll, we'll talk about that later.
2: And that's all I did this week.
3: <laughs> Maybe I should go last because mine kind of all encompasses Guardians
2: of the Galaxy. <laughs> so
1: <laughs> let's see. What did I do this week? I um, I watched. It's growing on me. It might be the coolest movie ever. Before Guardians of the Galaxy came out, <laughs> okay,
2: you went and saw Dawn with Planet of the Apes again. <laughs>
1: no, um, I, this, we, we, this guy special ordered a movie at work, and it was um, I was prepping it and getting ready and doing all this, uh, and I looked at it. And, what is this? And I pulled the tag off, and it's War of the Worlds, Goliath. <laughs> <laughs> Same reaction. What, what? What was it? So I flipped it over and read. And the back. you. Yeah. A
3: huge War of the Worlds event. Huge knew War of the Worlds nothing and Knew nothing about this.
1: Knew nothing about this. So I flipped it over and read the description. Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. It's a sequel to the book. So the invasion actually takes place in 1899. And, of course, you know, they we bacteria... Spoilers if you've never seen or heard of War of the Worlds. <laughs> when Wells wrote it. When right? Wells okay. wrote it. And the bacteria kills all the Martians off. So humanity is rebuilding. Thanks largely to the help of Nikola Tesla who has reverse-engineered all of the Martian technology. So we now have biplanes with heat rays, and we have big, gigantic Zeppelin aircraft carriers, and we've mm-hmm. got tripods of our own with tank turrets sitting on top of them.
0: Oh, wow.
1: It's very steampunk. Who wrote it? Hmm? No, this, wrote is the, it? this is the movie. Oh, it's a movie. This no, is I'm the movie, okay. right.
3: So it's a sequel to it's the an, book,
1: but it's a film. It's, it's, it's an anime, but it's not anime. I mean, it's just oh. it's animated, would, I think, probably be a more accurate. Um, okay. yeah. So... I thought, like, well, you had me at Hello. When did the silly thing Does come steampunk out? Steampunk War of the Worlds? Yes.
2: <laughs> 2012, according yeah, to IMDb. Recent. Huh. I think the DVD just got a release recently.
1: Um, voice cast includes pretty much everybody that was in Highlander, the TV show. Adrian Paul, uh, uh, Mythos, and uh, Joe the Watcher, and uh, mm-hmm. the chick that was right. Everybody is in it. Along with Mark Shepard. But, of course, he's <laughs> he's in everything, so that doesn't really count. And Adam Baldwin. <laughs> he's in Oh, so I was like, okay, yeah, cool. So I watched it. And they, they did this really nifty, you know, who was a big name in history at that time? Roosevelt. Okay, well, let's work Roosevelt into the story. So Roosevelt didn't seek another term of office in this alternate history. He is now Secretary of War. And he's leading this group of people that's kind of on guard it in looks- case the Martians come back. Uh, the captain of the Air Force of, of this group of people It's the Red Baron. Well, yeah. Who else are you going to get? Obviously, it's got well, to be. Of course, a the
3: world the world would have come together. Yeah, any, because they, they like they've that. sent all these guys. Yeah.
1: Now, what's interesting is that the, the sequence of events still leads up to an Archduke Ferdinand still gets assassinated, kicking off World War One. So, this multinational group of you know stop the Martians. They all get telegrams saying, "Well, you need to come home and fight for your your country now because yeah. we're going to go <laughs> kick so and so's butt." And they they of course decide not to because well the Martians are coming. Um, a lot of cool battles, and, you know, I mean, it was just, it was an entertaining yeah, movie. I the, the more I think about it, the more pleased I was with it. But here's the kicker. Are you ready for this? Okay, mm-hmm. so I popped this thing in. I, yes, I took the guy's special order home and said, you're not getting this today, my friend. I will <laughs> re-shrink wrap <laughs> it and send it to you tomorrow, because i got to watch this beforehand. So, I took it home and watched it, and the credits start, right? And they're kind of retelling the story of the, the first invasion from the book, set to Forever Autumn, from oh, really? The War of the Worlds musical. It's yeah. like, Oh, Done, know. <laughs> <laughs> must own. Just right off the bat, I gotta, you know. Now it was a remixed, you know, rock version of it. Right, but right. yeah, okay. You're wow. you're, you're, you're going to do a steampunk War of the Worlds that stays true to the roots of the Wells book, and then bring in Jeff Flint.
2: Yeah. <laughs> wow.
1: <laughs> yes. More of this, please.
2: The cover makes it look like it's kind of a modern version of '80s cartoon. Like it looks very GI Joe to me.
1: Maybe that's why I liked it so much. I don't know.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: But it was cool. Yeah. It was really a lot of fun, and it just—I you know, love steampunk. I love War of the Worlds. So multi
2: award winning steampunk adventure. Yeah, and
1: well, it's um, one of the guys. The producer was Kevin Eastman. I don't know if it's the it Kevin Eastman. It, it is, is that is. Kevin Eastman. I just looked it up from Ninja Trolls. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, Heavy Metal also had a, a finger in the pie somewhere along the well, line. Well, apparently,
2: according to this review, he's also the publisher of Heavy Metal. He oh,
1: well, that us. would explain that. So yeah,
2: huh? Really, a
1: cool movie. So. It's not on Netflix, unfortunately. <laughs>
0: I'll have to check it. Out.
1: You, you'll have to go steal somebody else's special order, and, well, when and, or borrow those... it, and then. When or, you, you, you want will borrow money. you. sir? Sure. So maybe the library didn't. You check I looked the it up
2: at the library, and it was coming, but I couldn't load the pages.
1: Oh, okay, but uh, so yeah, I watched that, and then.
3: Um, well, if enough, I just put a request in; they'll get it back. That's true.
1: We had uh, we had Katrina this weekend, which is always a joy, and. Um, Thought we were going to be doing a film fest, but that wound up falling
3: through last minute. Yeah, I was even available this weekend. I, really. I, I, I oh, uh, message
2: available now. Oh, I good.
3: messaged um, Dave and well, I said, "There's a film fest this weekend, right? Are you doing it?" And He messaged back and said, "Well, he said I had a lot on my plate this weekend, so I wasn't. But then I decided to go ahead and get the criteria. And so when I went to get the criteria, all the teams were filled. So, oh,
0: really? yeah, okay, he, yeah, I didn't he, even he, get that far.
3: Yeah, he couldn't. Uh, he tried. He was going to just go ahead and pay the entry fee to find out what the criteria was, and if it was a you know a, a, an easy one, that he could knock out between uh, projects he had that he had to do this weekend. That he then he was going to go ahead and do well, it. Well,
1: because I asked him and he said that he had uh, he had a birthday party and he had something else and he had something else and then he had to go shoot a show at Hawk at uh, Civic. Mm-hmm. So it was like, dude, that's like six hours out of your Saturday shoot. There's just no way. I mean, it's just. <laughs> Let's just call it, you know, game game called on account of rain because you're not going to make it.
3: Yeah, one of his uh, stepsons, uh, Ian, I believe it was. Had a bur- no, not Ian uh...
1: Vaughn. Vaughn had a birthday. It was Vaughn's birthday. birthday mm-hmm. I didn't wish him a happy birthday. Happy birthday, to Vaughn. Happy birthday, Vaughn. There now, I'm covered. Because you know, I'm sure he listens. <laughs> um, but yeah, we did that, and uh, Mel took her to feed the ducks, and all <laughs> of the photos. I wish I could have been there. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I worked a lot, so that was.
2: You said there was one more movie. Well, there
1: was one more movie, but I can't talk about it yet. No,
2: there was still another one. I can't remember what it was now. You're telling me about it.
1: well, because we uh, enjoyed uh, Excalibur so much, uh, Mel and I decided we're going to go back and watch all of the King Arthur movies. So we started with chronologically Sword in the Stone. And Mel Mel was like, I've never seen this before. I was like, What do you mean you've never (laughs) seen this before? How can you not have seen it? She wasn't a Disney kid. There's some people that are Disney That's kids. That's unfortunate. You know, some, some people grow up Disney kids and some people don't grow up some Disney kids. Some people
3: grow up um, missing a whole heck of a lot and some yeah. people
1: don't. Some of us are awesome. Some of them have a
3: big giant hole in their lives, there's and, the rest kids of
1: you and some of us don't. So she sat down and we watched it and she laughed and you know, Katrina dug it and they have the, the Wizards duel and you know. So my favorite
2: part. It's my favorite part too. How many of the King Arthur movies has she seen then?
1: I don't think many. Because we're we, going we to do, uh, we do that, and then go to Camelot, and then go to First Night. I think she's seen First Night. And then go to Monty Python and the Holy Grail, which she's seen. Well,
3: if you do them chronologically, you need to do Grail first, and then First Night.
1: Oh, yeah, I suppose that's true. <laughs> <laughs> there There is a certain <laughs> I, event. Yeah. There. By
0: Camelot,
2: did you mean King Arthur? No. The quasi... No, Richard no. Chamberlain. Oh, okay. Richard Harris. Or Cam- er, Harris, the mu- sorry. The music Harris, okay. yes.
1: Uh, you're right, I should reverse those. We'll put First Night last, and then we'll do King Arthur because it's the alternate. The, I, I thought maybe the you could. Quote do, unquote historical. Yeah, you could really kind of work King Arthur and in between Swords of the Stone and yeah. uh, Camelot. But because it's such an alternate revision. Are you going to watch story, Quest for Camelot? Uh,
2: God, I've never even seen I don't that have I have seen it either.
1: No. I that one off. Yeah.
2: That one had dragons in it, didn't it?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. But we watched Sardine Stone. And she really enjoyed it, and you then know, there was that other movie that we I watched. Love sort That's one. one of my favorites. Not that one.
3: Uh, <laughs> we should put that on. Uh, Brittany, Disney with get on that. Yeah,
2: that's uh, on Netflix. I think it is on it? Netflix. Um, so Billy asks, he
1: says, "Why'd you go all the way downstairs to get the Blu-ray? Because what's on Netflix?" I was like, "Because it's you have
3: on the Blu-ray." Ray. The Blu-ray. <laughs> there is a. Uh, Progression, chronological
2: That's, <laughs> That's why Quality took, progression. Um, like, Firefly and Serenity off my instant list. So that Sarah would go, have to go get the disc and pop it <laughs> in. Sherlock, too.
1: Oh, I don't know, huh? They just must have deleted those.
3: <laughs> uh, what did I do this week? Uh, I worked all week and did just about everybody else's job at work because we're <laughs> missing so many people, and we've got people that don't know what they're doing, and so... All week, it's been putting my show together and putting fires out for the nine and the five and the five thirty and doing things that people forget to do. And uh, it's a mess, anyway. But um, we're chugging along, and uh, our, the guy that's actually doing it's doing a really good job now. Um, but on top of that, I've been training the morning show, so <laughs> it's just it was this week was really ugh, hectic. Um, did I watch anything else this week? I'm trying to think. Um, all week long, I've been prepping the kids for Guardians of the Galaxy this weekend, which we'll talk about later. Did
2: Mason do with you guys too? Uh-huh.
0: Wow!
3: And I told him, I said, um, I said, well, you know, I explained to them kind of the premise of Guardians and how Guardians has really evolved from the ni- since the 1970s. That the Guardians that we see on the big screen are really kind of the later incarnations and the reboots, and even in the comics, um, and that it was quite different in the early days. But I was explaining to them about Rocket Raccoon and and, and Groot, and how how that sort of works in because that's a, that's kind of a big different for, different for them, especially for Caitlin who's been following the Marvel Cinematic Universe but doesn't follow the comic books. This yeah. one was such an avant-garde idea to her; she just it was really melting her brain. And so, through <laughs> so, the course of this, I made the comment about another favorite anime, an, uh, anthropomorphized animal <laughs> that uh, I grew up enjoying as a kid was Howard the Duck, as we talked a little bit about last week. And so I got all excited about that. So I went, and dug, out, I went and dug out my comic books. Uh-huh. And so that was one of the things I did this week is I, I, I leafed through and read through some of the old How Are the Duck comics that I've got in my comic boxes at home. Quite enjoying that and um, kind of looking online and see if I could fill in the gaps with some digitals, but they're really tough to find. In fact, they, they don't, you know, they have official DMR ones it's really hard to get ones There's a, there was a new series that was done a few years back that, that I was able to purchase but um, but reading the old stuff and then telling the kids about Howard the Duck and how the movie is really quite different than the comic book although I love them equally as I explained last week but I kept threatening the kids that we were going to watch Howard the Duck before and of course I kept getting the really really and for Mason I kept thinking it's a talking duck why do you are you not interested you're six so I kept telling him, oh, we'll watch it today, we'll watch it today. Which, We kept we kept putting it off or something wouldn't come up. So finally Thursday night I went home, and I said, you know what? I don't think we're going to get around to watching this, so I'm just going to watch it. So I watched Howard the Duck on Thursday night after the kids had gone to bed, or after I got home from work, I should say. So I watched it to start to finish, and so Friday morning I told Caitlin and Mason, I said, well, good news is you're off the hook. I went ahead and watched Howard the Duck last night, and Mason turns and looks at me and goes, I wanted to
0: watch Howard the Duck.
3: <laughs> so apparently he was chiding me along with Caitlin. Caitlin still had no interest to see it. So I thought, okay, well, we'll see if we can find time this weekend. Well, we didn't. We went to um, Guardians of the Galaxy today, finally. i oh. have been waiting all weekend to go. Um, because yesterday was my stepmother-in-law's birthday. And so we went to that. And then we spent some time with uh, Holly's uh, sister and her kids. And so that that day was just kind of eaten up. We didn't have any time. So, and Caitlin, God bless her. Harry Potter the Harry Potter fictional character's birthday was the thirty first. So since the thirty first, Caitlin's been doing a Harry Potter marathon that she's still in the middle of because it's quite a daunting task. But she's been playing the Lego game. (laughs) She, uh, her, and Holly and Mason played the Scenic game on Thursday. I think it was. Um, the actual birthday, she started watching the series on Saturdays or Friday night, I suppose. In fact, that was part of the reason I didn't make it to Friday. because oh. <laughs> she was still using the DVD player, and I thought, ah. Um, So, she watched that, and then I think she's all the way up through the f- Goblet of Fire today, wow. and she plans to watch the rest of it this week as well. So, anyway, that yeah, that was that was kind of in the way. So after we watched Guardians of the Galaxy, which we'll talk about in a minute. We got home and Mason, I had Howard the Duck laying there on the thing, and, Harry, and he leaned over and looked at it and goes, Can I watch this? And I said, Oh, absolutely, you can watch that. <laughs> so he sat down and watched it and thoroughly loved it, and he laughed at all the right places, and he got a lot of the in jokes, so not you, a lot of the adult humor, but a lot you, of the. You watched in- it again, is what you Oh, saying. yes, I watched it again. Yeah, I watched it with him. And he quite enjoyed it. So um, my heart was pleased that my son enjoys the Howard the Duck movie. Um, in quite a different way, um, so that's what I did this week. Aside from going to Guardians of the Galaxy, <laughs> which can we talk about it now? Sure. I do right, right,
0: right,
2: right.
1: <sighs> Did you go see Dawn of the Planet of the Apes? Show? <laughs> no, I haven't seen that yet. Then no, we don't get to talk about it. <laughs> right.
2: Adi saw Rise of the Planet of the Apes on TV and mm-hmm. really liked it. Do you like it? Yeah, he really liked it. Oh, good. Especially, especially the end. You know, the action. Mm, yeah, well, that's <laughs> for what, a five-year-old, that's what, that's what grabs the kids. <laughs> yeah, if it's not a talking duck, it's got to have one action.
3: <laughs> <Or> the the <laughs> apes don't to talk until how that much point. action Howard the Duck had in it. That was one of the things I, I contemplated when I was going to have him watch it. As I thought, Mason's unique child. He he has a very very short attention span, as many six-year or sixth graders, 6 year olds However, 6 six-year-olds do. However, yeah, all the way up to sixth grade. However. He has maybe even a, a shorter attention span than most, I think, in my opinion. And so I was, I was concerned that there'd be enough of that, you know, talking and story development. But at, as it went, there was enough of these little parts that just kept him engaged. And then he was still engaged in the story as well. I don't think he understood nice. a lot of what was going on, but I mean, for the most part. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to. Oh, no, that's fine. Yeah.
0: Um, there was a talking duck. All right, there. so uh,
3: what's new in news this week, then? He said we news. can't do Guardians of the Galaxy. There was this so. little film that came out <laughs> and Which started did four million million. Oh, so close. Biggest, oh, so biggest was, August box office, though, ever on record. Wow. Yeah. I was hoping it would
2: topple. Transformers.
1: Oh, anything to topple Transformers. It
2: was <laughs> just, uh, just, just short. Just really short. I, 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 94, that's only I would 6 root for an iCarly
1: movie to topple Transformers. <laughs> Listen, so it doesn't matter
3: to me. After they announced this two years ago, when they announced Guardians of the Galaxy, I had no idea. I had no hope that such an offshoot Marvel Universe team would gross $94 million in its first domestic outing. In, in August, that's amazing. It's way above projection. It's way above what even
1: Disney Disney was. It, it, what was it?
3: Sixty two is what they were hoping. I, 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 for? I think they
1: were hoping for sixty two. And then after Thursday, when they did, when they got all the huge numbers of the Thursday releases, they upped it to
3: seventy
2: five. Okay, twenty million well, ahead of analysts' projections. Yeah,
3: the it was like uh, it actually made sixty nine overseas, which they only projected like thirty million overseas for its opening weekend. So that's. It got um, internationally, it got what they thought it would get globally here, or not globally, uh, domestically here. So go- globally, it's over $100 million. That's impressive. That is impressive. It met every one of my expectations. <laughs> it did. I have been. Have been, I, I well, you've been this, the most hyped for it? I
0: had
2: this. Well, both of you, actually.
3: I had this weird thing with this is when they announced it, I went, huh? Because I remembered a lot of the old Guardians of the Galaxy that didn't, I mean, I remembered Star-Lord in the comics. I remembered Rocket. I remembered Groot. I remembered these different, some of these different characters, but in such completely different formations and stories because it wasn't the team that it is now. And so that was my first inclination. And then when I kind of did some research and realized they'd kind of streamlined it and had sort of a, a, a smaller, still rotating team, I thought, okay, I see where they're going with this, but still, this is still very, like, <laughs> lower tier comic stuff. And you can say they're they're a they're a B team, B team, they're a B team. And it it I just blew my mind. But it, as it kept building, and I kept seeing all the things that we we're doing, and then when they finally released the trailer, I was just so amazingly stoked for this thing to come out. And so then there's been that anticipation for the longest time, but as it got closer and closer and closer, I kept think, I kept seeing, you know, all of the good that was happening with it, and how incredible everybody was, and all the little pieces they gave of us of it. And I kept thinking, I kept having this reputation going. No, I always set myself my expectations way too high for something, and then I find myself disappointed, even when it's a really, really good movie. I find myself disappointed. So I had that. Uh, and then I saw it today, and it was everything that I wanted,
2: including it was more what than I said I, last week. It was more than what I expected. It was more than I, yeah, I, had, I would agree. It had much more heart and much better story than heart, I expected. Heart, it had humor, it oh, I had knew the humor story, was be there. it had
3: character development, it had great characters. And this is the one here's the one thing that hit the home run with me is it felt like a movie from when I was a kid.
0: Yes. Well, I think it the, was. The Star Wars. Thing.
3: It was Star Wars, it was Last, uh, or The uh, uh, Last Starfighter, Battle Beyond the Stars, Ice Pirates, everything rolled up into one film. <laughs> it was all of that, and I just sat there amazed by it. And just my inner child was coming out because I felt like I was sitting in a theater in the 1980s watching one of these old films, not old, I don't knew at the time, one of these films that I, I thoroughly grew up on and enjoyed when I was a kid. I think
2: they did the smart thing of selecting James Gunn to direct it because. He brings that quasi-B movie quality to it that a lot of the humor, I think, came from. And is such a big fan of all those previous movies that you mentioned that he drew inspiration from all that stuff. I I thought he was a perfect choice. Even when they announced it, I thought, yes, James Gunn. Absolutely.
3: See, and James Gunn's kind of the Roger Corman of our era, era, era but, of this era, but... Which is D- odd, but since a he's little only more, done three films now. Well, but a little more. Well, but look at the, the films he's done. He did Slither. He did Super. Um, Super, and he did this one. And Slither and Super really are a advanced or modern version of an old Roger oh, Corman yeah. film. They really are. And so this one takes it to the Battle Beyond the Stars type, where it was it was above what Corman had done before, and was a lot different in a different style. And that's what this. I mean, that's what. This film is it's it's, 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 it's uh, ten thousand times better than Slither, but you don't know, you know.
2: Although I would although, agree it's better. Although, yeah. although although I loved all the James Gunn. Cameos. I didn't like
3: Slither, but the I, I appreciated what he was doing, and I liked the style of that film. I didn't like the story and oh, a lot of the acting, I can but I, that. the style of the film was good. So he brought that to to this. I thought the style of it.
2: All so. the came <laughs> from the the grandpa. There was even a Lloyd Kaufman cameo, which I don't know if you guys know how that is. Mm-hmm. He created Trauma Pictures. He created the Toxic Avenger. He's James Gunn is like, he's that's how he started was through him. So to have him, he's been in all of his movies in some cameo or another. So it was great just to see one shot of him. It's kind of his version of Stanley. So I, I thought that was really. I was the only one that probably squeed over it, but.
3: And we <laughs> got a Stanley Lee come. Which I didn't think we're we were going which- to.
2: I wasn't sure we were either. Well, they, sure. the, way that he talked it, the way Stan talked about it was he didn't create these characters, mm-hmm. so why would he be in the movie?
3: Yeah. Because you're Stan the man. You're Stan Lee. Because everything for the longest time was Stan Lee Presents.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and Stan Lee Presents G.I. Joe. Every plus issue.
3: Plus you're a producer. <laughs> Executive
1: producer for that matter. Um, I was very pleased. I don't know if anybody else noticed this. Maybe I've not noticed previously, but when Kevin Fugue... Fugue... Fugue. Fugue. I think it's fugue. His name came up in the in the credits. It was PGA. I It was like, go you go Kevin. I'm proud of you, boy. Yeah. I didn't notice. Got official
2: now.
3: (laughs) That was pretty cool. That was cool.
2: One of the things that really surprised me about it because I figured he was going to be the weak link was Drax. I I left that movie liking Drax more than I expected. Yeah,
3: I I would agree. They did such a good job with his. I thought he was just going to be the muscle muscle heavy, and that was it. And he wasn't. He was. It, yeah, the and the character was just re- that's what I say the very, character very development, funny and great depth the character development of everybody was good. The, the character that didn't develop that much, and it, I'm fine with it because I think it because it's the heart was uh, Chris Pat's, Pratt's Pratt Starlord. The character didn't develop much, he, which was I, fine. It did. I don't, I don't he had he some growth. He didn't but, need but that much. His he yeah, his so supporting game was with. The, the the all of their characters went from being one type of person. To another type of person, by the end of he his career, yeah, yeah. yeah, and, and that's why he even didn't though it to was happen. really unintentional, on his well, part you know, for absolutely, of absolutely. It. And I love that it was still the for. And we didn't sound the spoiler warning here, but maybe well, we, we haven't saw, we haven't said we any spoilers talking, talking, yet, We start talking but, details. Let's maybe say maybe maybe we should here. say it. we've all three seen it, so we should probably give you a heads up that we're going to talk a little bit about spoilers. But and if you haven't seen it yet, go out and watch it. Please, please go see this. Pause this. Go watch it. And I come can't. Back. Uh, this is a guy that hasn't seen Godzilla and uh, Donald Planets but this is the best summer movie I've seen. I like this slightly better than Captain America Winter Soldier. And I loved
2: See, so, yeah, I America think, I Winter think Winter Captain America Winter Soldier is a better story, but this is way more fun. i eh. put this on par with fun as an I thought Captain America Winter Soldier was a lot of fun, too, though. Um, see, I, I found it more serious, though. It's a more oh, sure, sure. sure caps the caps are much heavier. Oh, movie. Yeah. it's a heavier, heavier. There you yeah. go. I'll it's give you a that. Heavier. It is
3: definitely a heavier story.
2: But, but no, this, this is This is one I'll pop in much more frequently well, Winter Soldier uh, and Rewind. The,
1: the one review I got cuz I've been trying to stay away from the reviews. I me know too. they've been me phenomenal. I've stayed away
3: from people that had seen it so that they didn't say it was good or bad because automatically that already triggers you yeah. your heads <laughs> Yeah. Well, okay,
1: children Unfortunately, <laughs> maybe unfortunately, maybe not. I kind of got I had one review. A guy came into work and told me I went and saw it, and I don't know why. I said, Oh, how was it?
0: (laughs) You don't want to know. What are you asking for?
1: And he gave me this review It's Star Wars meets Firefly meets the Avengers. I would agree with that. Yeah, here's the problem. Where do you go from there? (laughs) That's like everything. There's like everything good in that statement. There's like. (laughs) There's nothing bad there. I know. And so, okay. <laughs> the whole "review staying away from" thing didn't work now because yeah. Yeah. you you set the bar here, the highest bar you could set, but it hit it. And it I agree did. with you; it yeah. felt like a movie from and that that this for everybody who has complained about the ad nauseum argument over Man of Steel. <laughs> This. this is what it yeah. this was my this argument is for that. Felt. I present this because Man of Steel did not feel like this, and it wasn't supposed to, obviously. They were going for a heavier or darker film. But I I want fun. This is why I go to movies. I go to movies
2: to be entertained and have a good time, and this was it. This was so it. I mean just Well and such a nice change too, because you look at Winter Soldier, you look at Dark World. Those are two really th- fairly dark films, and you have this to lighten the mood going into Avengers 2, where it's probably going to be a little darker. You, you know, need this be light films
3: between here and there, too, though. So. No, I don't think we there get, is. Don't we get one more? I don't think so. Is this the last one? I think this do? is the
2: last one of Phase 2. Well,
3: that's a whole year. Wow.
1: <laughs> yeah, but the next one but is... But
3: you're right. The you're, Avengers, yeah. I mean... <laughs> yeah, there isn't any <laughs> yeah, one after Avengers 2. It seems Avengers like two. we've had more films in lead-up to those, kind of. Although we get... A return of Agents of Shield. I think we get uh, Agent Carter this summer or this uh, uh, this fall, winter. Oh yeah, that's right. She's a spring, mid mid summer, or mid mid season entry. Uh, we get oh Iron Daredevil. Iron Man three in the was spring. kind of dark. We get Daredevil in the spring yeah. too. I think. Yeah, it's nothing. That's on all until, TV though. Yeah, but, but we, we, it's, we still it's still Marvel, Marvel Cinematic Universe. 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 Right, that's, that's, that's all TV. <laughs> yeah, but this is what I'm saying. <laughs> There's not a movie it, that's it, coming. All out times, you're right, but. As far as things that they can tie in and lead up to Avengers, I mean, we had leading up to the Avengers, we had uh, Thor and Captain America all both in the same year, all in the same year, and, yeah. well, and and Iron Man Two, I think was was the year before, was yeah, right at the end of the year before, was not uh, it? May. Oh, it was May. Okay, it was, it was pretty much a year. But we between had Iron Man Two, and we had Thor. those build-up films, and then. On the heels of the on um, that, you know, we then of course had Thor two, we've Ar- got Iron Man three, Thor two, and then we've got Captain ten, America.
2: So ten right? months until ten months Avengers between. two. Okay, so that's not too bad. Because it's August, it's May first, and since this came out August first, yeah, or is that nine months?
1: <laughs> At some disappointing lifetime in the future, we'll get it's another It's less energy. than a year.
2: <laughs> it's less than a year, still.
1: But uh, uh, across the board, everything was so good in this. I all uh, uh, the acting was, I thought, just great. I mean, across the board I thought everybody was great. Keep in mind, I'm coming at this from the, I've never read a Guardians of the Galaxy comic. I have no idea who these people are. Yeah, yeah. I just got excited when I saw the trailer. There's a talking raccoon! <laughs> this is going to be awesome! You know,
3: and it was. Oh, I love it. Co- Cosmo had <laughs> a Cameo. Cosmo the dog. And, and so done perfectly, too. Just a dog in the <laughs> Russian space suit. <laughs> that's it. That's all you that's need. All you need.
0: All
3: you need. All you need. Oh, and Benicio del Toro I loved him. I Timion comic books is very different. The collector is very different in the comic books. This was a new approach at it, but I was so afraid, especially after seeing the end of uh, Thor two Dark World. I was a little afraid. I say Thor 2. It's just Thor Dark. World. Thor Dark World. Um, after seeing the end of that, I was a little afraid that it was just going to take it a little too over the top. But I think it was. It was. It was well done. It was. In, it was totally encapsulating. It didn't push it too far. Um, I didn't expect Ronan the. Uh,
0: the accuser, the, accuser the accuser
3: to be such the heavy villain in this one because he's really not. Oh, he's did the, such uh, a good job in it oh, Yeah, he did. He's, he's really, really not in the comics, so I didn't expect him to be the the villain heavy. I kind of thought uh, Tivia would be, but he's not. He uh, that was the problem going into this is I couldn't really tell who the baddie was going to be because yeah. they already shut down and said that Thanos only had a you know a cameo in this. We knew that ahead of time. But and, yet I was surprised
1: at how much Thanos was actually in it.
3: Yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, I, I, I figured he I would have been
1: slightly more than he was in the Avengers. See, I guess I cameo. wasn't
3: because I knew that I, the problem I went into this is knowing that what I did about the comic books. The people that they were painting as the villains in the picture, they really, they're, they're not really, they're kind of quasi-villains in the comics. And so I wasn't sure where they were going to go with this. So I didn't expect Ronan uh, to be such the heavy villain, such the big bad. And I, I, I thought maybe they're going to go that direction with the collector, but he wasn't even. I mean, I mean he no. definitely wasn't. It was, it was, He really had a purpose. Now he's, he's always been kind of that. This was in him as mo. He was, he's the guy that does things for his own interests. Yeah, his own interests, and ends up always working for the baddies. I mean, he's oh. always, always, you know, Well, they pay back gathering things. Yeah, for the baddies. So, so that was that was completely in line um, with the comics, but. It just—it had a wonderful. Uh, I'm, I'm just gushing about this film and the just, soundtrack. It had a wonderful feel. Oh, that was another thing we did this week <laughs> to prepare the kids, so they were already familiar with the songs. I saw that they had posted on Tuesday, or maybe it was even Monday, that somebody had posted the soundtrack listing. Oh, and I, I went. Think it's
2: out. For, it's been for sale for a while. while. That one got
3: that got I that. that, one? <laughs> I, have that one. I have that one. There were only three that I had to go wow. buy. And so I built my own playlist <laughs> and called it Awesome <laughs> Mixtape Volume 1. And in fact, I didn't realize until I saw the movie that two one of the the the, you know, two of those films, songs are on too. volume 2. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was my playlist. So all week as we travel to grandmas or other places, <laughs> we've been listening to the <laughs> my Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack. Awesome it's playlist. not the official one. Yeah. Awesome playlist. Um, so that they were at least familiar with those.
2: Um... I was really also surprised how much they did with Grimpton, and how much character they were able to give him. Mm-hmm. He kind of stole the show in a lot of it. He did because he did. of how they portrayed him, and such a good job. <laughs> Especially considering a he has six lines. Sidekick is... I, I I almost expected giving to... the
3: flower to the girl
2: and oh,
0: being the, the yeah,
3: spoiler savior at the end. <laughs> it was <laughs> just like wow. And then the very end. I knew well, they, which very end are the, we doing mid-sequence very mid-sequence I want to talk about the very very area, the mid-sequence area. which was the best part of the <laughs> entire film sorry <laughs> <laughs> I almost came out of my
2: chair but go ahead we'll talk about the we, we did well let's go, let's go on let's, let's to that, <laughs> that because yeah the dancing was nice but that's all that was <laughs> yeah, it was cute you were doing your dissertation last week and I knew that he was in there somewhere yeah. I didn't know where yeah and so I had to bite my tongue just to keep from spoiling <laughs> But you know. I was right. <laughs> and right. I just guessed it. And it was more than I expected. I expected was more than, a shot. I thought a name drop, at best, a shot. Just a like a back, way in the back distance <laughs> and he, shot. you got both. We, yeah. got, we got through the collector scene, and I figured that's where he was going to be. We're and talking. Him. And I was he, like, he
3: is. He's, he's in there. He's, he's in, in there. there. Yeah, I found out later. He's really hard to spot. He though, is that really point. hard to spot. I but, didn't but,
2: not I name, but not dropped oh, by name. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's
1: true. And then Uh,
2: then I got so sucked into the movie, I I forgot until the credits rolled. I was like, wait, but I didn't, I missed it. And then I didn't.
3: (laughs) I waited around thinking, in fact, when the credits rolled, in my mind, because I didn't see the little way back in the thing shot of him that's supposedly in there, (laughs) in my mind I kept thinking... It's got to be at the end of the credits. You've got to do this. You can't disappoint me. You've made such a wonderful film, and you gonna got to put the icing on the cake. You've got to put the cherry on top. And then they did. <laughs> Just, I literally almost came up out of my seats. And, of course, I'd been talking Howard the Duck all week with the kids. And when so they, they looked, do. and both of them, I saw both of them look at me and go, <laughs> I think they were more excited for me than the fact that Howard was in the film. As soon as I as soon as I saw Cosmo come in and start licking <laughs> Collector's face, I thought, "But we already saw Cosmo. This can't be the can." And then I heard the voice, and it's it's not Howard's voice from the original movie. It's a, but I just knew it had to be Howard. <laughs> I said, oh, why are you? There's the only other way. Why are you letting him lick your face like that? Yuck! <laughs> and I thought the, the the way that they captured the image of the character was good because that was my other concern was. You can make a rac when you look at Rocket, he looks like a walking, talking raccoon. Howard in the comics was always very Donald Duck like looking. He was yeah. always very carrot cartoon look. And I thought they had a happy medium with the original film, but he unfortunately doesn't look like Howard the Duck to me. And so I kept thinking, how do you do this and make it Photorealistic enough to do a talking duck like you've got a talking raccoon and make it work. And then when I saw the image on it, and it was such a morph between reality and the exaggeration that that Howard is, I went, nailed it, <laughs> nailed it. That's exactly what they have to do the, for a movie.
1: The, the the audience that we were in that stuck around. Why do people leave? I've given up trying to chide them. Why? Ten
2: movies now, you think they'd learn? Yeah, I've, I've given up trying to chide. They'll see it when it goes on DVD.
1: But so the, the group or that just stuck around, care. yeah half of them were like, what? Uh, like, who is this character? Like, they're just clueless. The rest of us
3: were like, ha, that's awesome. I'm glad that the little thing comes up at the end that says Howard the Duck created by and has yeah. the creators on it. Yeah. Give it a nice reference. Yeah.
2: You know who did the voice of Howard the Duck? And now I want them to do a movie with him doing this. Seth Green.
3: <laughs> <laughs> he could do a perfect Howard right, the Duck. All right. All right. I'm going to go off on this because here's what... Here's what I would love to happen. A full Howard the Duck film. Would love to have it. It won't happen. Uh, Sure uh, it will. Why not? No, it won't happen. Because, number one, I don't think this early on, if they do it, they'll have to do it years down the road. A lot of people are pointing to the fact that, oh my gosh, they're doing a Howard the Duck movie. That just confirmed it. It didn't. (laughs) Because, number one, they they haven't always done the post- credit scenes as a tease to what to see next. No. And the prime example is Iron Man 3. The post-credit scene just reveals to us that the reason we have a narrative is because Tony is relating the uh, story to Dr. Banner, and to Bruce Banner, and they get the nice little quick joke. Is I'm not a psychiatrist. <laughs> so that's it. There's no look ahead to what's going to happen. Even going back to the
2: Hulk, it was just a tie-in to say yes, this is all part of the big universe. Yeah, but that's it,
3: but there was but
2: that's just it. There but was it a tie-in a and it was
3: a momentum. It wasn't a tease. You're right. But it's always been a momentum thing, with the exception of that. That. Yeah. And so, but that's
1: also coming in. At- the end but, of the Iron Man films. That's just it. So but the, it's okay to look
3: back. But again, the, everybody has now come to expect to say, oh, this is a tease for what we're going to get. And that's not true, and they've set a precedent for that, that it doesn't have to be a tease to what's to come. And so the other evidence to that is James Gunn specifically said, and I read all this afterwards because I didn't want to be spoiled on anything, said that the end credit sequence is really just a fun thing for the fans. He said that. And so that to me is a don't expect too much from this down the line. This is what this is, and it was it, it was an homage to Howard. It was a wonderful homage to the fans. It was a a way to put Howard in the cinematic universe and and make him canonical, and kind of fix a, you know the the movie for the minds of people that don't like the old movie and 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 whatnot. Here's my theory, though, and this is what will work. Marvel one shot. Oh, yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy DVD. You give me a seven-minute Mar- uh, Howard the Duck Marvel one-shot, and I will be the happiest man <laughs> in the world. It would be the Marvel equivalent the
2: of Night of the Duck. Because a lot of people are saying,
3: that's why they haven't announced the films, because that was one of the big things that came out of Comic-Con, is they announced dates, but they, they didn't, didn't announce no, films. No names. They no
0: names. The Guardians only one we too. know
3: is... Uh, well, we don't even have a date on that. Oh, we did, yeah, they we did sign that date. Yeah. Uh, the only one we know is... is um, Age of Ultron, but we've known that date beforehand, yeah. so we know that's. We next don't even know when line.
2: Avengers three is coming. Exactly.
3: So and so everybody's pointing to that. Well, that's because they're going to slip Howard in there. Well, it gives them the opportunity as a studio to do that if they want. I, I that's annoying. people are, are pointing to that as evidence. Announcing that's the dates not is
1: just Marvel's way of going, "Yo, DC, yeah, get out of the way."
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's no DC. <laughs> you got a lot of catching up to do. <laughs> um, so, mic drop. Marvel <laughs> one shot. I will be the happiest man alive.
2: Even if they can have him in. The next Guardians movie is another small role, Maybe, a supporting yeah. character yeah. that that would work too. I just think. Well, you if could you do,
3: totally if do you do um, a Marvel one shot, that's the next best progression. Just yeah. putting them in, a,
2: yeah. Which apparently there's not going to be a one shot on Winter Soldier. That's what I heard. Yeah.
1: I think you could totally do a Howard movie. I'm not saying they
3: will. I'm, I, I I personally think they will. I, I it don't, may not I don't, it I may not come in the think next they batch. Will do, could they? Yeah, perhaps they could. I just. There's such a stigma surrounding that character, and it's so hard. It was it, it was done right to get Rocket into the universe. Howard is a whole other anomaly. It's it's I don't it's think very so. Difficult. I, th- I think well, if did, you did they this. change
2: Rocket's origins a little bit? Because I was thought it was just from a planet of anthropomorphic well, planet of animals. Well, original
3: Rocket was was okay. originally so. From, this is yeah. kind of
2: like an ultimate version. But,
3: but later on, they amended Rocket's backstory in order to that he was a a he was a genetically. Uh, not he looks like he has cybernetic parts in yeah. this one but he was genetically yeah. Uh, enhanced. enhanced yeah uh forced mutation of a of a of a raccoon, okay. so. that's the key though I mean, quite honestly i mean you you just, you, <laughs> we're, we're
1: could be that way too i well, oh, mean whether no the, the no no no, really? no, yeah, no, no there's a
2: line of no one there's nothing like me
1: no <laughs> <laughs> that changes the character here's exactly. The, here's, exactly here's here's the, here's the deal the, the 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 core thing with Howard the Duck is that he's a talking duck. I mean that that's what you're from Duck World. That's what you're trying to get past
3: from a world of anthropomorphic Talk, talking
1: ducks. duck. Okay, yeah. you had a movie with a tree and a raccoon that talked, both of them, that made ninety six million dollars <laughs> over the weekend. Disney and Marvel will look at this and but go, formed, "We think we can get a talking that's, duck." Stephen, I hope
3: they don't do that. But I that, hope they get it into Marvel, uh, Guardians Two. I, they, they need they, the it framework. has to they, have the framework. I'm sure uh, yeah. a standalone Howard the Duck film will not work. I'm I don't sorry. think, they'll, I don't think they'll rush
1: into it. I don't think we'll even see it in this Phase 2 of dates that are coming up, but I think we well, will get a new Howard. I, maybe they have phase to, five. They have,
3: they'll have to do more with Howard leading up to it. They will have to perhaps do a one-shot. Justified they will have the, to put him in Guardians 2. And they will have to, because you've got to not only keep the um, idea on the forefront of people's minds about Howard but you've also got to create that sloping up. I mean, look how they really, really amped up and got us ready for Guardians because it was going to be so incredibly different. Right, but by the same token,
1: Guardians is Guardians is an Avengers movie without the Avengers. It's the same type of team coming together. But we didn't get any standalone films with these people. They just said, here... And it was, that's what
0: I'm saying though it was, it was, all,
1: it was all built around the market did you see
3: what they did yeah, behind the scenes that right. they've got, that's what I'm saying but, but, but I'm not, that's, that's the we're difference, not arguing yeah, um, we, no, we're, we're, have we're, to we're coming that. at it from different we'll ends. you can keep that with but
1: you, could do, you can do a Howard the Duck movie and build up to it through the advertising and through the promotion and through the thing and say this is coming and this is going to work and get people just because I don't know anything about Guardians of the Galaxy. I've never read a comic book with these characters, but I, I, I saw that trailer and went, yeah, I am totally, I am more excited for this than any other film this summer. Why? Because it doesn't look like any other film out there. <laughs> We've got a talking raccoon and spaceships, and I mean, it just, it, it doesn't, there are so many science fiction films that are like, oh, that's that, or that's that, or yeah. that, and I- this didn't look like any of them. The cinematography was wonderful. The the the, the creations
3: and, and what goes on. It's not even a superhero film. I mean, it isn't. I mean, it, it's no, just it's, you know. See, but what I but what I like to see how when I go see a Howard Duck movie, absolutely. Do I think it will work? No, I still don't think it will work.
0: It, it oh, would have, I think it would have
3: it work. to have an immense amount of of build up and advertising, and I, I I think you couldn't simply do it with the marketing like they did with Guardians of the Galaxy, because Guardians of the Galaxy has it most in common the Avengers. You pointed that out. right? It's, it's Howard the Duck does it. It, it. it doesn't have the framework
1: you need to, to support You need to
2: at least try to introduce some sort of human counterparts for Howard in the Marvel Universe yeah. ahead of time.
3: See, I don't think so. I honestly don't think so. And the easiest I, I, way to do is do what they did in the comic books and they stuck him with established Marvel heroes. Yeah, he fought alongside Spider-Man. He fought alongside... Oh, you know, he he built his that. own Iron Man
2: suit and became Iron Duck. I mean, that's... that's <laughs> well, well, maybe that's not what they should do. The comics, they they so should just wonderful. make a Howard the Duck movie that parodies all the other previous Marvel movies. He goes See, and I don't know. I don't I think, think that, that would work.
3: work. No. I, I, again, the, Howard is such an anomaly that worked in the comics for what Howard is, in my mind, as far as the Marvel Howard. Howard the Duck, the movie, is such a different... Thing that Howard the Duck in the Marvel Cinematic Universe needs to exist as he did in the comics, and Howard the Duck the movie worked because they changed. While well, they kept the spirit of the Howard the Duck character there, they changed it drastically in order to carry a film. And, I, and again, I still love that movie. It's it's considered one of the worst movies of all time, and it's critically panned. But I still absolutely am in love with that movie. But I don't think they can do this Howard the Duck within the cinematic universe well enough to for Howard to hold an entire movie of his own. He needs to be a small cameo or supporting character or a short film. I, I, Marvel One-Shot, I think, is the perfect, perfect, perfect avenue for bringing Howard back to the screen. I would agree with that.
1: I mean, I, I, I would be like you. I would be just as excited to see a, 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 a Howard One-Shot, but I think you could do that. I mean, we're getting an Ant-Man movie for Pete's sake. I How much it Bela has of a different No, it isn't. Yeah. Totally Who, who's,
2: who's heard of Ant-Man? <laughs> More people than Howard the Duck. Other okay. than from the movie. That's the other Howard's thing is... a movie. That's Ant-Man the other thing it. is...
3: But see, you guys are also coming at this from... You never read the comics. And so, the, not only do you have to please the mainstream fan, you have to please the comic fanboys. And most of the comic fanboys are probably in my corner saying... We know why this doesn't won't work as a as a as a mainstream thing. You're looking at because as soon as you say, well, look at Ant Man, they're making Ant Man in a movie. You can make Ant Man in a movie because everything Ant Man ever did could have been standalone. Howard was this satirical anomaly in the comics universe. It, his well, like Deadpool. No, different than Deadpool. Although that, did you see the Deadpool? Leak? I didn't. I haven't watched oh
2: You've I I got to it. watch it. I keep pulling it, so it might I've be got, hard to I've, find. I've it. got it.
3: Oh, I snagged that sucker. I <laughs> said so I'm taking that. On. We'll look at it afterwards. Um, no, it was it was biting satire, but not 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 satirical in the sense that it was looking at at events and making them satire. But yeah, in a way that Deadpool kind of became. Howard was kind of the same thing, but in a a different fashion. So even the comic book fans look at that and go, I think that's why, again, I was completely disappointed with the idea that Howard the Duck, the movie, was not my Howard the Duck from Marvel. That was my only disappointment with the film, was this was the Howard the Duck I was reading on the page of comic books. This was a different Howard the Duck. Now, I absolutely loved the movie and loved what they did with it, but it's its own thing. It's completely different. And so what they did in the pages of Marvel... And I think even what they, they tried to do when they brought him back just like less than a year, or ten years ago, in the newer stuff, it still was done in such a vein that it doesn't. It only fits as a small piece of the pie of the 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 cinematic universe. That you can't make one full standalone movie of Howard the Duck. It just won't work and still feel like Howard the Duck. Hmm. It'll feel like they're trying to redo the Lucasfilm movie, the Lucas movie just it won't work okay but marvel one shot
1: perfect day. <laughs> well, regardless there were there were half the audience didn't didn't get it didn't know the other half was like oh cool and there were two guys down in the front row that stood up and applauded
3: oh, it. <laughs> i almost applauded
1: they, they were like, i almost i almost got like out this. of my seat
3: i think i did a little punch in the air <laughs>
1: So we've now talked more about Howard the Duck and a potential Howard the Duck oh, movie yeah, than we have uh, regarding we,
3: we just, I look, we've probably spent 25 minutes on Howard the Duck. <laughs> Listeners, we apologize. We
2: should probably move on because to the actual show. Because that completely
3: goes against my argument for <laughs> Howard the Duck film. Because obviously we talk about Howard the Duck film for 25 minutes, but we can't make an hour and a half Howard the Duck movie? That doesn't really bolt well for my statement, does it? Let's move on to news. It'll come
1: out Easter Saturday. <laughs>
3: When is a Dalek? Not a Dalek. When it's a Howard the Duck movie.
1: <laughs> Go see Guardians of the Galaxy. That's yes. what we're going to about And oh my gosh,
3: so much fast-forward and we'll have to be done for the listeners that haven't seen the movie yet. And don't want
2: to get spoiled on Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck. So in the news, uh, inter- uh, Doctor Who is on the cover of Entertainment Weekly again.
0: Yay! Hey.
2: And a nice article <laughs> with... We keep getting less and less excited about these. Yeah, I'll
1: tell you.
3: more frequent. No, 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 that's fine, and I, I'm ecstatic that's that working. it's getting. getting the I'm ecstatic you. that it's more frequent. I'm ecstatic to the fact that it's a mainstream American magazine that it's got Doctor Who on it. What I don't like is, while it's not the promotional photo, it's the same dang pose. <laughs> I'm getting tired of that. Sorry, Keith. I'm throwing his magazine don't, around. Don't I'm magazine sorry. Come on. I mean, at least there was some different poses on the inside, but probably do something different i bet they i'm sure a photographer said oh give me that pose you gave in the and well, that was so iconic it's slightly different of course it's slightly different but it's still the same dang pose
1: i think they just photoshopped his we could face have, on they the could have body. just
3: <laughs> cromped it out
1: but he's in front of the tardis in this one
3: he is <laughs> I, i'm sounding like i don't like this but it, that's that's the thing that irks when i saw that photo cover and i went quits I'm sure he if he if he goes through the entire series and never with one hand out and no, if he does it through the whole thing, I will apologize and say, Well that's just the eighth doctor or the eighth doctor. That's just the twelfth doctor. That's what he does. That's he he just walks around like that. No wonder his promotional pictures are like he
1: has no kung fu ninja grip in the elbows (laughs) stuck like this. Oh I'm sure the
3: first action figure we get of him will be in fact when I get my Peter Capaldi action figure, that's how I'm gonna pose him. Because apparently that's how he's supposed to
2: be posed. But it won't look right with the other ones because it's going to be a three point three quarters. <laughs> like, what's the deal? We quit! Get, quit we, doing this. And we're not going to get a five inch. We're <laughs> only going to get a three
0: and three quarters.
1: That's a nice article, dear uh, toy manufacturers. Three and three quarter inch is perfect. Three and three quarter inch is if you're going for true action figure. Three I don't and three. Like three, and three no, three and three quarter inch no, I don't is like it. It. It, was, it worked for Star Wars. It worked for G.I. Joe. You lose a lot of quality. Yeah. The three and three quarter inch is perfect. Now if you want to send out and go, hey, we're going to do a collectible stylized statue, yeah, you can go twelve inch you can go however big you want to go. For an action figure, I want a three and three quarter inch because then for the kid in me it is now compatible with everything
0: that I still well, have and, in my and, and and
3: that's probably where I come from. I've always been bothered with the five-inch figures because too I think five—exactly, five, yeah, exactly. five inches—not an action figure. Five inches, as you said, a statuette, a doll. Statue. Yeah, <laughs> and so that's what it needs to be. It needs to be—you can't articulate it. It's a certain pose. It looks good on a shelf as a collectible. If it's an action figure, though, it, yeah, I agree. Three and three quarters. Three and three quarters.
2: I guess I grew up a little later when they stopped doing that. My X Men were not three and three quarters. When did they stop doing?
1: that? No, th- there, there was there was a time there. The all, were all, all, all the Ninja Turtles were much longer. Turtles was different. All the Star Trek playmates were five or four or something. They were that oddball size. The, the, Ninja Turtles, was, the, the Ninja Turtles, the X Men,
3: that was different though. That was um, he-, <laughs> he Man. They weren't even well. He Man was again. That was the kind of too. the kickoff. Yeah, that of was the that particular line. Um, the the Ninja Turtles was different because of the stylized of them. They were they were cartoons still. They were three dimensional cartoons is what they were. so...
1: But, here, yeah, they're, they're too big. Well, you look at the play sets. You can't build them to scale for a five-inch figure. You look, look at the vehicles. You can't get a, a vehicle to scale for a five-inch figure. Was,
3: you, was your Death Star play set um, to scale? <laughs> None of them are to scale, really. Because I would have loved no. to have come over to your house and played with
0: your Death Star coach.
1: It was after I was building it, but the Rebels came over and blew it up before I
3: got to that stage. <laughs> None of the play sets were to scale, well, so. but, but, but
0: what I'm saying The ships, is, yes.
3: Your argument <laughs> is valid. The, the, the sh, the, the sh, you, you. My dig of a play set was probably the only thing to scale with the figures. It's Ewok a, play set? No.
1: It's a lot easier to do a big playset for a three and three quarter inch figure and have it look proper that's a truthful comment than it is <laughs> to do a phrase it right. for the, the next if generation that's, bridge what you meant, that's built for the five inch is this big around that's and they're what you like meant, you put yes. thirteen people in it and all of a sudden it's like this nobody no, fits on the bridge no, this doesn't work. <laughs> they're like lying on top of one another in thing it's like this doesn't work.
3: All so right. that's what I meant. If that's what you meant then yeah I agree.
2: <laughs> Anyways Entertainment Weekly article.
3: <laughs> Nothing was more dis- disappointing than getting the Death Star playset and setting it up, and going, "That's it? Well, that's
2: it? It's, it's three it's levels, like, it's four like, yeah.
3: levels technically, yeah. three and a half." Three, you, you got can, the bridge get, level, there the, yeah, well, yeah. there, were, there was the, the the command top with the gun, the top level, yeah. The, the top has the, the gun. gun. The next one was the little tiny narrow one the, that had the bridge, was the swing across bridge. bridge.
1: Then there the was next the, one was the
3: command center with the computer consoles on the one wall, which
1: looked like the one where they're they're.
3: Going to out. get the princess. Yes.
1: And then the trap door, which and went down into door. the <laughs> <just> garbage disposal. <laughs> the, the
3: garbage disposal, which you could slide out and slide full. back in. And full and of, block? Full of foam that I think I oh. lost every last and bit. And of an the elevator
1: foam. that went up to all three, the turbo lift. Well, and I guess technically on the, the backside of been the, the been turbo lift, you had that little tiny ledge where you could do the the Yes,
3: but it was still part of a level. It was still part of the tractor. Let's
1: put the emperor on the top. Because that was like the throne room, because it had that weird spiderweb effect on the ceiling, but yet he was sitting in the throne with the big gun on it, which well, never I made sense mine, to me as a kid. I got but, mine
3: before we even knew anything about an emperor. Well, yeah, but that was just... <laughs> I got mine during Star Wars, though. So. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I lost all my foam.
3: Yeah, I did, too. Did you Eventually, yeah. just The, you moved, the garbage factor with yeah.
1: the smasher, because it actually had a crank that you would do that, and the wall would go, <laughs> and smash but only one everything wall. Was in it.
3: Oh, yeah, and, and the door didn't stay closed. And so as you pushed it far enough, <laughs> the, the door <laughs> would pop open, and it would go like this, and everybody would fall out. And I thought, well, I guess it could have worked like that in the movie, too. We but escaped! <laughs> again! Of course, the Dianoga would come out as well. Yeah. It, it had
1: these little... Um, Sheets of foam that you would break up and throw in there, it would be trash. Uh. But it was just little chunks of multicolored foam. Lost every single one of them
3: blue, white, uh, no, blue, white, blue, red, red, I definitely red, and yellow. Blue, red, and yellow, blue, red, blue, blue, yellow. yellow.
2: That makes sense. Cheaper to make that way. Don't have to mix it. They wouldn't even do that now. I'm
3: sure there wouldn't be foam in there. Probably not. I don't know what they'd do, but it wouldn't be foam. Styrofoam peanut. It was cool. Ooh, we could replace it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have my
1: garbage disposal anymore. I still have my Death Star. I do have my garbage packer. disposal.
3: Problem is, my the, <laughs> yeah, we were still talking about this. The problem <laughs> is, my uh, yeah, disposal. Um, the little beams that you put each of the level on, they'd always break. Oh, yeah. And so, like, I've I got s- pieces broke down in there and I just I, I glued I all of them glu- yeah, or I just, just super glued all of there. them and yeah,
1: <laughs> all those beams. As long as
3: you had one or two tabs, you were okay.
2: Sorry, Keith, what were you talking about? Were we talking about Entertainment Weekly? Entertainment Weekly
3: article. What? How's that article? It's pretty
2: good. It's, uh, you don't get any insight to the new season. Um, there's some little tidbits of trying to get information from Moffat, and he doesn't give anything. Uh, I think we can really thank Clark Collins, or Collis, for these, because he's a huge Hugh fan, from what it sounds like. I think he's the one that's been... That brought them to the cover. Uh, I'm, times I'm, I'm sure
1: he's the guy that in the uh, production meetings at uh, EW's offices are like, look, we only get 52 of these a year. <laughs> <laughs> we can't put Doctor Who on 40 of them. <laughs> okay. You need to tone it down some, kid.
2: But it's, it's a really nice article. Uh, lots of talking with Peter about his, his past and his fandom. Um, which I think is appropriate especially for American fans that don't yeah. know
3: anything about Peter uh, I didn't know that he available.
2: had gotten a call to go audition for the movie and decided not to
3: oh I didn't know that either yeah so the, you do learn something about I, did, I did learn
2: <laughs> that out right. of it. Uh, there's a little talk with uh, Jenna and it's we'll talk uh, Moffat don't be too teased by the cover because it says Dalek Cyberman the return of the master question mark it's like a line. <laughs> One of the burning questions is, the master going to come back? And Moffat says something along the lines of, uh, there's always that rumor, it didn't come from us.
3: Way to talk around it, Moffat.
2: So, this huge bullet point on the cover is reduced to this little burning question thing right here. No, wow,
3: it's too bad.
2: So, you kind of, kind of... And it's got some nice little separations that I don't agree with. Um, like... Getting to know who, if you have an hour, a day, a week, a month, this is what you should do. A, a good uh, refresher for, I guess, people who don't have never seen the show and are interested in Series 8, I guess.
1: You know what I like about this is the pictures of Clara. She's pretty smoking hot in, <laughs> in this magazine. You know what I don't like about this is this Capaldi pose that they've got <laughs> on the cover. But they got the
2: awesome Cyberman pose.
1: A really, Cyberman. I hadn't noticed you hadn't noticed the no. Capaldi. Uh-huh. Look at the Capaldi on the cover because yeah. it's almost like it's the exact pose from that promotional still that came similar. out. You know the one that we've all seen like a zillion times. It's I had
3: cheered back up till now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, how about some Power more series Duck. eight announcements? <laughs> uh, BBC America has announced. Make your face like that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Yuck! Sorry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> BBC America has announced a series of events taking place in the trooper. <laughs> I wish you could see this. We tried <laughs> to move <us> forward. <laughs> I know, I, I need know, to but you... try to be in work in about an hour. Oh, was the elevator?
3: The
1: elevator in the place? Though? Oh yeah, that was the best. That was part. the best part. But sometimes <laughs> I would lay it down, and it would be a James Bond uh, diamonds are forever. <laughs> Put the guys in, <laughs> down to the other end and open it up. And, <laughs> I Yeah, I imagined that. that's why three and three quarter and figures rock. Because <laughs> you can do that. You can't can do you James actual figures? No, but I, I you know. That's the G- found G- someone G- between Joe G- F- G- G- and I, Star Wars, I, I,
3: you found a costume yeah. for him to wear, you know. Han Solo would make a great uh, Roger Moore. And He's in
2: disguise. <laughs> okay. Anyway. He
1: was being such a trooper. Go ahead. We're sorry. We're, uh, we're, BBC we'll
2: America down. announces what they're calling Takeover Week Uh a series of events leading up to and the aftermath of Deep Breath. Uh, During the week before the broadcast, the channel will premiere new specials, including Doctor Who, The Ultimate Companion. Finally, we're going to get the real history of science fiction, Time, which the other ones aired back in December. (laughs) I've been waiting for this one, so I enjoy the other one so much. Uh, Doctor Who, The Ultimate Time Lord. And then a whole marathon of episodes, kind of as we expected. Uh, Doctor Who, the live pre-show presented by Chris Hardwick before the actual show airs. And then Doctor Who, after Who Live at 11, uh, with a host of guests including Mark Davis. Yay! Yay. And then they're doing another Make Your Own Sunday. uh, Top top episodes voted for by BBC America viewers on an online poll. And then there's also going to be a special screening event... In twelve cities from midnight, or on midnight, um, I think it's that Sunday. Am I right on that?
1: Yeah.
2: They, they don't have it. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, that Saturday East at midnight. Saturday. <laughs> Easter Saturday at midnight. There's going to be twelve <laughs> theatrical events, and it's going to be hosted by Chris Hardwick also. Cool. And ha- they haven't announced the cities yet, so that's coming in a couple of days. So by the time you hear this, you'll probably know which cities they are. And then there's also going to be the theatrical release uh, on Monday the 25th. Two showings, 7 and 9.30 local times. Uh, fi- more than 550 select theaters. Look, From when I looked, Topeka is not included. It is. It is now? Yeah. Okay. must have been... Because well, Lawrence was. Friday, it's on the uh, Regal uh, app, anyway. Hmm. So, check and see if it's in y- your town. Woo! Jeez. How about pulled everything down on top of me.
3: Sorry, listeners, a little technical gap there. <laughs> Um,
2: according and to the Regal, are app, about twenty five, I saw something like that. Oh jeez, they're rather steep.
1: I saw the AMC price was up there. I hadn't seen what they were. I looked, and I saw oh, the Regal didn't have, have, added- have them listed yet at the time. I, see, it was, I,
3: I saw it on uh, Friday when I was started looking for times for uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. I saw it in my
2: twelve fifty tier. Yeah, is the Regal time? Well, that's Regal price.
3: That's that's pretty. That's pretty
2: steep. Wait stationary. a minute, is that
3: twelve fifty is the Regal price? Yes. Yeah. Okay, I got you. You said time, and so I was like... No, no. No, it's like there's two showings. 7 and 9.30. Yeah. Which, I believe I'm off that week, so I'll be able to go to either one.
2: That means I'm probably working. Yeah,
3: that's probably true.
2: Although the, uh, I'm really... I I, I, I don't have high hopes that the tickets for uh, one of the 12 theaters will be to
3: no, no. no. I, we, especially if we if they've already announced that we're getting the Monday, that means we won't be one of the.
2: Oh, you never know. No, I do know. <laughs> I'm sure the other cities that are getting it also got the Mondays. August
3: 25th.
2: Uh, oh, I, I, with the exception of
3: maybe because they're big enough. With the exception of maybe the like Los Angeles, New York, Chicago, which definitely will get them. Those probably will, but I don't think any of the other cities that get. I'm them would pretty sure have they already Monday have showing Monday
2: showings, too.
3: It uh, doesn't... I, wait, there how were.
2: many were for the 50th? Do, we remember, do you, you uh, remember how it many? It seemed like there were 300, 300, I
3: thought. No. You I mean... The, well, simulcast. Simulcast, simulcast. Simulcast, yeah.
2: Do you remember how many simulcasts? I
3: think it were
1: 16.
2: There I were 300-some the oh, for the original. Oh, that's okay. a three. Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah.
1: We're talking the right... But for it's a Simulcast. No. simulcast. For, for, yeah, for the previous, it was... It was, it was l- well, it was more than 12, but it was less than...
3: I think it was 16. I think that number, for some reason, is on top of me. Maybe it was 30. No, one fifty. 50. Now that I think about it, I don't know, does it matter? <laughs> um, just, I, it kind of so give us a curiosity. basis
2: of what to expect Oh, I see, I see. If it was oh, of oh,
3: which cities? Yeah, yeah if it yeah, was you're 12 right. for that, then... You're probably right.
2: Nice. How'd you get her?
3: Contest. Oh, congratulations. I apparently didn't win. I entered it too.
1: No, they just sent it to the link to you.
3: Oh, I didn't get anything?
1: Well, it takes a while. It takes a couple days.
3: Yeah, but I entered the contest the day it came out. I
2: guess some people didn't know.
1: I've been notified by now. No, it should, it's a. Um, who is it?
2: <laughs> if 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 you submitted it on the day of the contest and he did and you have it already, he should have it everybody yeah.
1: now. you should know. Yeah, I, I assume it's an everybody uh, wins I, thing. I, I well, don't think people.
3: it was. No, I don't think it was a everybody wins. I like. thought it was just a. Yeah, it's wouldn't be give a contest. You, give us you your was information. A thing, it was a and giveaway. You if it
2: was. Yeah.
3: yeah, who is it from? I can't remember now. It's been so
2: long I since i a tiny. No. Tiny Rebel Games. No, it wasn't no, no, no. uh, It was through Pocket another...
1: Pocket Gamer. Pocket Gamer, that's who it you asked me yesterday. Yeah, Pocket Gamer.
2: Friday.
1: Yeah. Friday. Yeah.
3: Yeah, no, I didn't get anything unless it's in my spam folder, but not a lot of stuff on that account. Go through my, my spam folder.
1: Sorry. I got ace. That was cool. the only thing I did this. Congratulations.
0: Week. <laughs> on Dr. On, on Dr. Yeah,
1: on Dr. <laughs> 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 that's ace. Ace? That's, that's
2: ace. ace.
1: Looking forward to leveling her up with some Nitro9. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Boom. All right.
1: What else?
2: Uh, there's going to be another ebook in the lines of what we've been reading. Was that on our list?
1: Yep. There's a well, the Twelfth Doctor.
2: Oh, Story I did see that. Yeah. Lights out, written by Holly Black, author of the Spiderwick Chronicles. And so, if you've already picked up a, your physical copy of these ebooks, I'm sorry because <laughs> they're going to do another one. It's
3: now incomplete.
2: Twelve stories, twelve doctors uh, will be released October 23rd. So they'll do another anthology release. Yes. Yay. So that's kind of neat that we're getting a twelfth doctor story, yeah, along I'll, these lines.
3: We'll have to add that to and we'll uh, December. add that to this And then, for then next year summer. they'll
2: probably do a war doctor story, and then we'll have thirteen stories for thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then the year after like, that they'll
3: do a Metacrisis doctor <laughs> and a Shaka <shock laughs> doctor story. That'll be Lenin. pretty boring, but they'll have Glenn write be that The all one. alternate
2: universe would be okay.
3: Shaka doctor would be interesting, but the metacrisis doctor. Yeah, Rose and the Doctor on a date. <laughs>
2: You know how many fans would love that? I know.
1: (laughs) It would become the most iconic piece of science fiction literature ever written, (laughs) as voted by.
3: And, you know, all power to them if they did that. I don't know that it would be something I'd read, but all power to them if they did it.
2: We'll make sure it's on the schedule so you have to (laughs) I'm sure Sean
3: would put it on there just
2: specifically for that. Oh, so So I think you can expect what we will be, uh, what <laughs> ebook we'll be doing in December. Yes. We'll, we'll pair it up with Twin Dilemma. <laughs> <laughs> Too late. We'll <laughs> still pair it up. You yeah. could do Freddy <laughs> Who Twin Dilemma and then.
1: We'll do Twin Dilemma Revisited.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I would hope you'd pair it with uh, Journey's End? No, not Journey's End. What was
2: her last story? Journey's End? No. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, it would be the end of season four. No. Metacrisis. With the Metacrisis is the, Metacrisis the Metacrisis end of, season oh, four. End of season four. Yeah. So it would be Journeys End. You're right. I was right. <laughs> wow. Write it down. Well you guys to try to talk me out <laughs> of it, but I was
3: right.
1: How often, how often do you hear me say <laughs> that? <laughs> no point. You're right.
2: Uh, uh, we should have recorded that, so we Oh. oh we did. <laughs> we did. There's been some <laughs> guest <laughs> announcements also for conventions coming up. Let's uh, run to these quick. Yes. Chicago TARDIS has added Camille Cordry, so you are going to have Rose and Jackie together. Yay! Yay. And then uh, I can't remember who they announced previously, but now there is going to be a terrific Trouton trio, is what they're calling it. Fraser Hines, Wendy Padbury, and Deborah Watling. I think uh, they had already announced Fraser and Wendy, but now Debbie is definitely going to be there too. Yay! Deborah, sorry. And then uh, Gallifrey One added a few guests, including Ned McIntosh, Bern Gorman. Jacqueline King, and Mark Shepard, Deep Roy, who had the cancel oh, last year. Oh, nobody knew. Well, darn. And some others that I don't recognize. Well, those are kind of the names. Hey, Byrne. I'm, c- I'm excited Bern about Byrne.
1: And apparently Byrne was, they uh, uh, Sean announced that uh, when they made that announcement that he's actually coming, they said Byrne was kind of, they were in talks with Byrne when they thought that uh, Billy wouldn't make it last year because of her cold that he was in New York and they were like, you know, do you think maybe oh, last minute and they, they they tried really, really hard. They just couldn't get the flights to work around his work commitment in New York. But he he did everything to try and get mm. out there to replace Billy. And so he's apparently the nicest guy in the world.
2: Huh.
0: So. Jacqueline King so is completely her first. the opposite of his character. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and and, and, and. Uh Jacqueline King had never been the galley either. If you care about Sylvia and Noble. Oh, that's I was thinking of uh, Jackie. Yeah, no, yeah, you're right. No, pretty much
3: not.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if has Deep Roy actually I, made it, it last I time. It he did not. He, he, did, he, I knew he didn't make it last time. I didn't know if he'd been there before. I don't
1: think he's been there before. I'm trying
2: to undercut Glenn's sarcastic comments about the news. I I'm
1: excited about Deep Roy.
2: <laughs> Good job. If I get to go, who's
1: that? <laughs> Deep Roy. Deep Roy. <laughs> He 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 was he was Mr. Sin in Talons.
0: Oh right, 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 which is his, right, right, his right, who
1: right, connection. But he right. was also in Flash Gordon, and right. he was in Star Trek, and he was in Willy Wonka, and he was in Neverending Story, and yeah. he was yeah. He's got huge huge sci fi cred.
3: i made be new pictures of I've, <laughs> I've, 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 I
1: already made one. I made a composite. So.
2: Ah. And that's it for news. Cool. Why don't you want to bring up something else?
3: No, he does not. Let's move
2: on to <laughs> feedback.
3: I
1: played Legacy this week. <laughs> Oh, feedback. that's what you were asking. Me, I, if right. at, I suppose we should cover that now. Yeah, we're going to cover this real, real quick, briefly. Um, that uh, well, we I'll always
3: talk legacy. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 it's not legacy. No, oh, well, then never mind.
1: Uh, we have set up a Patreon account.
3: <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Yeah, and we talk, thought we should definitely talk about, talk about it now
1: that. versus later. Yep. Um, which, for those of you that don't know, uh, it is a... Um, I don't even know how to describe it, really. It's a pledge drive. We're mm-hmm. doing a pledge drive. Yeah, I think, no, I think so, that's the
3: best explanation.
1: Um, we, as you, If you're a constant listener, you probably uh, know, uh, hopefully have not been terribly frustrated by it, that we've experienced a lot of uh, technical glitches in the last uh, uh, month or so, uh, which have pretty much all stemmed from a, uh, <laughs> a crashing server and a lack of space. <laughs> uh, we are victims of our own success, it seems. And uh, we've been getting a lot of uh, traffic, which we're very thankful for.
3: Sean's making it sound better than it is, but that is part of it, yes. Um, but
1: it's, it's it's kind of become an issue of we simply don't have the space on the servers to uh, be able to host the backlog of titles that that we have. Because um, we're up to, what, what, what shore are we on now? 188. 188. <laughs> Uh, we just simply don't have the space for it. Tied in with that, uh, Matt, who is our technical guru, is uh, deciding that he's going to be closing down his server space, uh, which he has been kind enough to donate to us for this whole endeavor for the three years we've been running. And uh, so we kind of need to go and find a new home. Now, it will still be drivingthevortex.com. We're not changing any anything, of that. anything. Yeah, you should. should- all-
3: Everything should technical. be seamless to our listeners. Yeah, it should all be behind it the scenes. It be all behind the scenes. But
1: what we're asking with the pledge drive part of it is we would very much appreciate, if you are able to, uh, some some assistance in helping to pay for this new <laughs> transition. And uh, so what we've set up is this Patreon account, and we will have the link in the show notes, but uh, you can just go to uh, Patreon com, and then type in Traveling the Vortex, and it will come up with our page, and we uh, would very much like you to subscribe and uh, donate. And we'll take anything, um, but uh, the, the suggested donation is a dollar a month, uh, which would uh, enable us to put those funds toward securing server space and uh, a larger uh, hosting farm to be able to put all these episodes on and keep them. Because one of the things that I've noticed is that we, we all, all of our new listeners who who seem to come to us and then write in always seem to comment that they after they listened to us they went back and listened to everything going forward, which I still find insane, but <laughs> again, thank you for that,
3: but I just who would do that. If we thoroughly apologize for episodes <laughs> 1
1: through 5. I'd like to take this moment to apologize for episodes 1 through 65. 66 was okay. 67 on. It's kind of rough, but <laughs> 80 was alright. Um, no, but I just... Uh, uh, we need your help it's uh unfortunately we, we we've done a little window shopping and it's kind of uh, more than the three of us can <laughs> afford to sink into a podcast that we do for fun and it, it is very much at our pleasure that we do this and, and we have had a lot of fun with it but uh um we need some help. So if you can, we would very much appreciate it. And, uh, so the call goes out to all the listeners and the information should be available not only through Patreon but on our website and on our Facebook page. Uh, and I've put some Twitter notices up there, etc. So that's the, the heavy 10 o'clock news portion of the podcast for that. <laughs> I don't
3: know that it was 10 o'clock. It was yeah. serious. <laughs> it was serious. It was 10 o'clock. It wasn't disappointing. Maybe five o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. Um, five. apparently
1: it's a big deal to get, you know, exclusive content when you become a subscriber and, we don't know what we're going to do yet, but we're yeah. working on it. We'll, fig- we'll figure something out. We'll come if you to your suggestions. Ha- we'll come to your house
3: <laughs> and I- talk about light bulbs.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I could do I could do a light bulbs and. Yard work segment, you know, for Glenn will come and clean out your gutters. No, no, he will not. He'll bring his lawn. No, trim a hedge. No, that's Sean will do that.
1: No, Sean and Keith will point and
3: laugh no, at you. No, Sean and Keith don't have to do that. That's in the idea. Normal life, so. Uh. Yes, please help we and we're not going to be <laughs> we're, we're certainly not. not going to be like the PBS pledge drives and and guilt you into no, <laughs> donating not. if you if you if you can wonderful if you can't don't worry about it. And the other thing is we don't plan on going anywhere. We'll make it we'll make this happen no matter what. But the the help
0: is that yeah, we're not threatening trim- to go off the yeah. air no, that no, we're
1: no. aware of but no. um, uh, <laughs> If you if you like programs like Traveling the Vortex, subscribe now and for only sixty dollars, we'll send you this t- disappearing Tardis coffee mug. <laughs> <laughs> Remember those? Yeah, I never got one coffee mug.
3: My, I got one, but the mug never disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> you got chipped. <laughs> Best I could do is the Tardis would like be transparent, but the mug never disappeared. The mug never
2: disappeared. Yeah. Wow, they totally sold you wrong. On that. <laughs> Don't work. I've been cheated.
3: (laughs) (laughs) All right, Uh, that makes me so angry.
2: We should do before we move on to feedback because it wasn't really what I did this week. Was the guys over at Desert Island Who podcast had me on their show a couple weeks ago? We recorded it and they released it this past week. Uh, I posted it on my Facebook and tweeted about it. So if you, if uh, I'm sure we'll include a link to their show that episode. Uh, if you don't, if not, as soon
3: as Keith puts it in the show notes, since I'm <laughs> list. Uh
2: if you're, if you're not familiar with their podcast, they're fairly new. Um, this is their eighth episode that I'm on, and they take the, I guess there's a British game show called Desert Island, and you people choose, celebrities everybody's mostly pick eight items to take with them. Uh, so they let you choose eight episodes or stories of Doctor Who, and then two supplemental materials, either a book or typically a book and either an audio or something else. So go and listen to that podcast to see what I chose for my eight episodes that I would be stuck on a desert island with.
3: And and even though they borrowed the idea, what a wonderful concept! Oh podcast. yeah, it's, it's yeah. quite yeah. enjoyable. And the two to guys who do
2: it are really fun to talk to. Yeah. We I had a blast talking with them. Um, so definitely go check them out. And I've listened to their other ones kind of in preparation. Um, it was episode nine I was on, not not uh, eight.
3: They, well, do a, they do a
2: great job. Conrad and Will, very entertaining guys. Well, and they know their stuff, too. Mm-hmm. So.
1: And I've been invited to appear, and should I ever manage to narrow my list down to eight, uh, <laughs> I'll send it <laughs> into
3: them. I haven't been invited yet, but I um, will probably have been invited been on the show before Sean narrows down <laughs> <laughs> his eight. <laughs> awesome. Wait, it's eight stories? Eight stories. Oh! So- eight stories, two supplementals.
1: Not just individual episodes. No.
3: (laughs) Come on. Well,
1: because I was thinking Man Seeds of Doom, but that's over half of, (laughs) you know, what I... I am am working on it, guys.
2: Okay. Moving on to feedback. Are we sure? (laughs) I'm sure this time. Uh, Brenda writes in. She writes, Earth Mother, dear Vortex gang, I know I've been quiet lately, but I don't have anything of interest to contribute to your fun discussions. Still, I continue to listen to your podcast each week. Each, it, it, that's me, sorry. Each week, and have great laugh because <laughs> out- I was trying to figure out how she wrote. we've <laughs> It's
1: it, it. four p's in a silent q. You figure it out,
2: <laughs> <laughs> and have a great laugh out loud moments. I don't know what you're talking about ninety percent of the time, since my experience with big finished books, and comics, and games is pretty limited. But you still hold my interest. That's good. You should be proud that you can do that. (laughs) I'm also preparing for August 23rd by becoming more steeped in Doctor Who and watching the classic episodes on Hulu Plus. How's your experience with
1: Howard the Duck?
2: (laughs) (laughs) I figure it's worth a few dollars a month to have more Who to love, and I'm watching Sarah Jane Adventures as well. And, Glenn, I'm happy to let you know that I not only purchased The Web of Fear and Enemy of the World, on iTunes. She wrote Enemy of the State. I just saw that. I knew what she meant. <laughs> uh, on iTunes. But also purchased the DVDs Yay. for my, my very first Classic Who DVD purchases. Yay. Good wow. choices, Brenda. Yeah. Since then, I've also added the Who movie to replace my bootleg copy and to make me an honest woman. And The Five Doctors. <laughs> oh. Wow. All excellent choices. Yes. Actually, that's four of the eight I would take on a Disney (laughs) I know I'm a bit late to the party, but your podcast about Liz Sladen inspired me to send a few observations about the character of Sarah Jane Smith. She greatly benefited from timing. In the early days of television, female characters were often damsels in distress, needing to be rescued as they screamed and cried. They might, not be, they might be intelligent, but it was always the male lead who came in, came to the brilliant deductions and explained everything for the audience and the women in the show. Note that this was also the case in classic, on classic Star Trek a lot of the time. Other characters, even Spock, might figure something out, but it was almost always Kirk who articulated the brilliant answer, even if he had to interrupt, it, interrupt to do it. Then came Mary Tyler Moore in 1970, and women on TV were never the same. She was intelligent, self-sufficient, engaged in career in, engaged in a career in journalism. She was everyone's friend, loyal, funny, and dependable. Doesn't that sound like the description of Sarah Jane as well? All these sorts of female characters started popping up all over TV from then on. I also have a theory as to why Sarah Jane was so beloved to every, but beloved by everyone, usually in a platonic way. Two little kids watching her in the 70s, she was like the coolest mom on the block. Liz was in her late 20s and she was on, when she was on this show, so she would have been the very age of many young moms. Older viewers looked on her as either a sister, friend, relative, or someone they wanted to be. Her vibe was one of intelligence, comfort, caring, and fun, the ultimate Earth Mother. Even when she came back in the Sarah Jane Adventures, RTD capitalized on her maternal characteristics with Luke and the other kids in her little gang. Because she was so quintessentially human and grounded, Tom Baker was able to push his doctor even further towards Alien. Be- viewers... Oh, sorry, that was all one thought. Because she was so quintessentially human and grounded, Tom Baker was able to push his doctor even further toward Alien. Viewers also... Oh, viewers always had a beloved touchstone in Sarah Jane, and Liz Sladen played the character perfectly, embodying those same characteristics herself.
1: That's a very interesting point. I hadn't really, yeah,
2: well said, hadn't really thought that's of that. True. Okay, I need to shake off some tears and move on to happier thoughts. <laughs> Keith, I took your advice and watched Family Tree with Chris O'Dowd. Yay, I'm glad you watched it. I absolutely loved it and laughed out loud through it. I'm <laughs> A fan of both O'Dowd and Christopher Guest, so this was the perfect mashup for me. Now I want to return the favor and recommend to you Moon Boy, if you haven't already seen it. I haven't. It's another Chris O'Dowd vehicle, an autobiographical comedy about his childhood growing up in a tiny town in Ireland. The episodes are based on experiences he or his family and friends had in the late 80s and early 90s. The kid who plays the young Chris called Martin in the series is also is a uh, fantastic little actor no doubt plays his imaginary friend it took one episode to get pulled in but then i couldn't stop watching there are two series seasons thus far with a third one in the wo- works i literally watched the two series back to back in one day and then watched all the extras and behind the scenes features it's made exclusively for hulu plus so that's the only place you can see it go watch it as soon as you can and don't forget behind the scenes features as uh behind the scenes features the show is filmed in the town O'Dowd grew up in, and is uh, and they're both brilliant. Oh, wait, sorry. Uh, and features almost everyone in the town as extras or in bits, uh, small bit parts. Johnny Vegas and Alan Partridge have parts as well, and they're both brilliant. I can't say enough good things about the show. I'll have to check it out, Brenda. I might have to subscribe to Hulu Plus to try it. I'm going off the grid for a couple of weeks because I'm going to London next week. I was invited to join a friend's choir singing for a week in the Southwark Cathedral in South London, so I jumped at the chance. So I'm going to catch some of the Who-mania in the world tour, but I arrived three days after the London <laughs> events. Oh, so close.
1: Still this is the second time she's gone over there and just missed it, right? When she went to Cardiff, wasn't she like just behind the release of the season? or?
2: I don't remember. I, I don't think. recall that, but
1: maybe. I, I Maybe not. Maybe I'm... I'm sorry, go ahead.
2: <laughs> Still, there should be some significant r- ramp-up going on, so I'll keep my eyes open. We'll be a couple blocks away from the Shakespeare's Globe, th- oh. uh, so I'll be thinking of the Shakespeare code all week. <laughs>
0: I'll
2: try to find some good swag for you guys while I'm wandering around the city.
1: Yay! Cool. Thank you. In advance. According to Sean's
3: childhood yeah. memory, it was on every corner. <laughs> <laughs>
2: probably is now. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll especially be thinking of Glenn on the evening of August 13th. (laughs) A couple of friends and I are taking the express train to Edinburgh on that day since we won't have to sing in that afternoon. On our free day we'll be attending the Royal Edinburgh Military Tattoo at Edinburgh Castle. The website, which she includes, describes the event as music dance, and precision display with the massed pipes and drums, the bands of Her Majesty's Royal Marines, cultural troops, singers, and the poignant refrain of the Lone Piper against the stunning stunning backdrop of Edinburgh Castle. Just think, thousands of bagpipes in one place. Seriously, check out some of the photos and videos on the website. It's going to be stunning. Have a great few weeks, and I'll be checking in again once I return from across the pond come August 23rd. Brenda in Atlanta.
3: Brenda, there's... Something to say about the elegance, elegance and wonderful moment of being there in Edinburgh in a, at, a, at a castle with 3,000 bagpipes. And I, as a not-so-much-bagpipe fan, could appreciate that and actually would probably be entertained by something like that in the trappings of that setting. However,
1: wow, that's as three thousand as I thought you were going three thousand
3: in a shopping ball, mall in America, not so much. So, <laughs> yes, I'm envious of what you're going to do, and in even the bag parts, bagpipes part of it. My problem is <laughs> the no, bagpipe part. The bagpipe part. It's one thing if it's in Edinburgh. It's another thing if it's in the Mall of America. Next up is Chrissy. That's all I got
1: to say about <laughs> <all my> <laughs> Chrissy writes, "A pirate's life for me, dear Vortex boys." No, I'm not going to do that. Oh. I'm coming to you all bone, ti- bone dead tired. Not just bone tired. Not just <laughs> dead tired. Bone dead tired from a week at Toshokan. But very well pleased at how it all turned out. After two years of doing this, my hat goes off to the people who organize these enormously huge conventions. We had about one thousand kids and parents over two days, and it was wild. It's just our little committee, made up of about twenty librarians and library staff, that does this, plus whoever we can drag into volunteering to pitch in. Anyway, there'll be a full report on the next five-ish fan girls podcast. Come volunteer. <laughs> you, you look like you may have watched a cartoon once. Come hither. <laughs> Hither? I don't know
0: <laughs> why not
1: <laughs> it's like Renfest with, <laughs> I, don't, I don't
0: know hither mm. konnichiwa <laughs> <laughs> Domo morigato. <laughs> anyway
1: there will be a full report on the next five-ish fangirls podcast also just wanted to let everyone know that August's book for the Traveling the Vortex book club is longborrow longborrow that's a strange word you can check the book clubs <laughs> you can check the book clubs I'm having trouble with this tonight. can you tell? I need more rum You're supposed to
0: go
1: <laughs> oh she spelled it differently. <laughs> you can check the book clubs page for all pertinent information including how to get a copy of the book as it is woefully out of print. The poll for next month's book will be going up shortly. I hope. Here's the direct link to the book club page so that people can find it easily and we will include that in the show notes.
3: I'm right, Keith? so yep. saddened right, Glenn? by the fact that you're taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so saddened by the fact that that's the Lumberos this month because I've actually been pushing for it since this started. I think I voted for it every month that it's been on the poll. And now, in August, I've got so much on my plate I'm not going to be able to get to it. Uh, what poor timing. And not, not, <laughs> not, to, not to Chrissy's uh, fault in, in any way, but we had to put a book on the schedule we this, the didn't, book the schedule, this, this month. month then, like, way to go, Sean! Of course, sorry. it wasn't for lack of us trying to get it put on the <laughs> injected into the book club. <laughs> instead, <as laughs> that was part of my point. Was I knew any other book? I wasn't going to get. I'm not. I can't even get through Harvest of Time this month. I got so much going on. I'm sorry, Gilbert. I won't climb on a <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. With
1: all the insanity of the past week, I haven't gotten a chance to rewatch The Space Museum, but I do have a few things to say about it. I know this story isn't consistently ranked high on many fans to watch list, but it's one that I enjoy immensely. For starters, the first episode is a fantastic concept. Team TARDIS arrives at their destination long after they've already arrived. That could really be a difficult concept to convey on TV, but I think they pulled it off beautifully. Then the time track catches up with them, and they have to spend the rest of the story trying to avoid their inevitable future of becoming exhibits in a museum. And here, I think, is where they have the most fun with these characters. I don't think I'm getting into too many spoilers by saying this is Ian and Barbara's second-to-last story. (gasps) I'm kidding. Spoilers? (laughs) In New Who, it's become customary that a companion's last couple of stories be these really heavy and intense narratives. But I like that Ian and Barbara, arguably two of the best companions ever to be in the show get to have fun on their final outings. Not fun in the traditional sense of, it's a party up in here, but that the Space Museum especially (laughs) (laughs) kind of pokes fun at all the kinds of adventures they've had to point. It's almost a spoof in some places, with Ian playing around with a ray gun, Barbara doing the -the over-the-top damsel in distress thing, which she was rarely if ever, a truly damsel in distress. And I will fight anyone who says otherwise. Mm -hmm. Vicky being the plucky revolutionary rebel girl, and the Doctor just being the Doctor. Cheeky and condescending, but never malicious or rude. I just think it's a fun little romp, and one I enjoy from time to time when I need a laugh. Also, points for the appearance of Boba Fett, (laughs) a.k.a. Jeremy Bullock. Doctor Who and the Pirates. This is one of my top ten favorite Big Finish audios which actually has about 30 stories on the list, so take that for (laughs) excitation for what it's worth. Not just because Part 3 suddenly becomes a Gilbert and Sullivan musical, not just because it's pirates, not just because it's Six and Evelyn, it's actually a combination of all those things, plus the fact that it's a silly story, but still has very serious purpose in it. The story isn't necessarily about the Doctor and Evelyn's adventures with the pirates, it's about Evelyn coming home to grieve a loss and finding out that one of her students is grieving a loss of her own, and Evelyn is determined to help Sally through this difficult situation. And I don't know about other people, I may very well be in the minority here, but when I'm having a hard time, the best thing I can do is find a story to enjoy, whether it's a book, or a movie, or a TV show, or an audio play, or whatever. If I can find a piece of fiction that takes my mind off things, the sillier the better, I'll usually be okay. And that's what I love about this story. It's kind of an affirming thing for me that's totally fine to deal with in tough times, and fictional stories to try and get away from the thing that's making me miserable. And and singing silly songs doesn't hurt either. Although I have to say, if all musicals are supposed to have happy endings, what the heck happened with Lame Is?
0: <laughs>
1: That's all I've got this week. Hopefully I don't forget about anything else. Didn't forget about anything else. But I'll write to you guys next week. Have a good one. Chrissy.
2: Didn't they give off a, a whole list of yeah, other... Sally says she yeah. pointed
1: out ones. Was there Including Les,
2: Les. Oh, Was Les Mis one of them? I believe so.
3: I know Evita was one of them. Yeah, and There was another Lloyd Webber one. Um, Phantom, wasn't it? No, I don't think it was Phantom. Phantom doesn't have a happy ending. I can't remember what the other one was that they, she alluded to.
0: But
1: Chrissy, you're absolutely right about the, the, the kind of changing your mood by surrounding yourself with something you love. There have been more than one occasion when, you know, I've just gotten into a real funk, and the only thing that would get me out of it is a little Flash Gordon. And so <laughs> I, 3 o'clock in the morning, I'm sitting there watching Flash, just, yeah, I'm in a better mood now. Yeah. <laughs> Usually about the time Brian Blessed shows up, <laughs> <laughs> starts yelling. What does he yell? Gordon's then, alive. That's one of them.
0: Die!
1: That's the other.
2: <laughs> okay. All right.
3: Thank you, Chrissy.
2: Thanks, Chrissy. Next up, and then is, finally, is Holly.
3: Holly writes 188 Space Museum and Doctor Who and the Pirates. Hey guys, let me oh, let the countdown begin. Less than a month away until Series Eight of Doctor Who. I'm really looking forward to it. Space Museum. A fun adventure with the Doctor and Team TARDIS. You know things are going to be interesting when Vicki tells them that she broke a cup of water and then it instantly comes back together. Landing in the Space Museum and at first not being able to touch anything or even being seen is a cool plot device. Uh, the not being able to touch things, okay, a little problematic, but uh, not being able to be seen, I consider that a bit of a bonus invisibility cloak without having one. (laughs) Lobos and the Morrocks are quite the interesting group. I do have to admit, I was chuckling at the Doctor when he hid inside the Dalek when the Rebels were trying to find him after after he escaped. The Doctor's little showdown as well with Lobos and the chair that showed images of the thoughts in his brain was a nice touch as well as the Doctor could easily manipulate it. Sometimes the Doctor can be Sorry, my bifocals are not working well tonight.
0: Sometimes the doctor, picles? yeah,
3: sometimes the doctor can be, be a little too crafty for his own good. Ian's picked up a few more moves when fighting the Morhawks and are surrounding the TARDIS. Yeah, that might help. <laughs> no, that's still small from back there, though. Oh wait, this worked. I just turned my phone sideways, and it's okay now.
0: Okay.
3: Uh, the ending with the Daleks showing up was a little bit of a surprise. Okay, I admit I wasn't pl- paying too, admi- too much attention to the DVD cover when I popped into the <laughs> t- the DVD into my player. Have we reviewed The Chase yet? Just
2: wondering. Nope, that's still on the list. I'm assuming all of this on the cover is actually from The Chase. Nothing looks like, none of it looks like the Space Museum.
1: There was a Dalek in Space Museum. Well, that,
2: that was it, but everything else? Look at all the little stuff on it. Like a building and all sorts of stuff. Not a part of the Space Museum. They completely ignored the Space Museum they completely and the ignored the cover. Well, and I wonder
3: it is because it's the Space Museum of the Chase, is because but the Space Museum is not a popular story, I think it was a probably an add-on to get it I think that's exactly there. why. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Other ones, they've kind of done a combination of things for the cover when it's more than one story.
3: Yeah. Doctor Who and the Pirates. A cool premise for an audio adventure. The musical episode that we never got on screen. Love how Evelyn... Um, excuse me. Evelyn goes to the flat of one of her students for a visit, and is not getting the subtle hint that she's really not wanted. sits right down and starts to tell her a tale of her, advent- of the- of her adventure with the doctor on a pirate ship. There were quite a few nods to some of his past adventures, and of course, how he doesn't like to talk about all the- talk all about the London fire. Can't say that <laughs> I blame the doctor all that much on that one. Uh, This one really kept my interest. Kudos to the writers to fit their lyrics to those of the songs that they were using. Looking forward to hearing everyone's thoughts on these two stories. Holly from Wisconsin.
1: Thank you, Holly. I I literally laughed out loud when she was going on and on and on about the Doctor being a name dropper and this and the other thing. And then the Fire London. Uh... And I don't remember why. James and I were talking about something earlier in the week, and the visitation came up. And I was like, well, it was the fire of London. He probably didn't like to talk about that. And James laughed. <laughs> and then this came right out of the blue. It was like, I went to my lunch break and finished listening to the audio. And it was like, <laughs> there serendipity. Was serendipity. So what shall we start with, kids?
0: with
2: Space, space Museum.
1: Space Museum.
2: The TARDIS lands on the planet of Xeros, where a vast museum houses a collection of relics from the galactic conquests of the mighty Morlock Empire. While they are exploring, the doctor and his companions make a disturbing discovery. Their future selves are preserved as an exhibits. Dun dun dun, dun. Was that the end? That was the end. Oh. They don't have as so much space because they gotta fit two i don't know. Uh, rewatching
3: this. I've always been surprised that this is. I don't you know, get and I'm reminded it. that this is on a, a low on a lot of lists, list of a be lot of people. High thing.
2: on my list, honestly.
3: Um, I don't know that it would be high. I think it'd be about mid road, but it's 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 an enjoyable story. Uh, honestly, I uh, I hadn't seen this or the chase for quite some time, and I completely misremembered the space museum. I kept thinking the space museum was actually a story or an episode of The Chase called Journey Into Terror. And I won't go any further than that, or Journey Into Horror. And I won't go any further into it, because that's what I thought this was, just in my really bad memory cheats. I thought that's what this was. (laughs) And then remembering back now, or or I actually looked it up to find out where it was, it's actually seated in the middle of The Chase. And it's kind of its own set-alone story. But I was thinking this is what this was. So when I went back and I started watching this, on my rewatch, I was like, oh, yeah, okay. I told, and it all kind of came back to me, and I totally realized. And then I couldn't figure out why I didn't, when you hear Space Museum, that's all they talk about is they're in this big space yeah. museum. And so it just all kind of came back to me. And, and I remembered enjoying it so much the first time that I'd seen it. And uh, rewatching it this time, I, I, I had as much fun watching this. I like the high-minded concept of the first episode. Yeah. No, I like even that.
2: Then somewhat to what continues. It, it to does, the but future. It, but it it's sort of some of it doesn't quite work in my mind. That's
3: that's just it. Is I think that it, it's this high minded concept and it's this huge wonderful revelation near the end of the first episode, and then beyond that when they finally catch up. It's kind of just yeah we have to change the future you have to change the future but it's almost a little more down to earth and it's a little more maybe I don't want to say understandable or layman at that point yeah. but from that point on it gets a little more layman well, than, than that the first layman almost
2: doesn't quite, quite in there. explain it properly
3: well it might have come because down too la- far, later later
2: it kind of they make it makes sense they, well they never say later later when they explain that how they were in two separate time streams and one was ahead of the other and we had to wait for it wasn't until they made that explanation I was like, but how can you wait for yourself to show up if you're already in the future? That's, that's the, the part that's I That's the problem I have with it around. is is I wouldn't have had so much a problem
3: if we'd have seen them actually arrive in, because the, the catching up was weird to yeah, me. Yeah, that's, that's the problem the, I had if with If they them. had actually arrived and because they weren't making footprints but there were already footprints there. Yeah. And, you know, so I think if we had seen a secondary version of them then I might have been okay with it. But then I think that would have kind of completely demolished the idea of they've skipped a track in uh, the time stream and they're actually ahead of when their arrival is. And so somehow it was... I don't think the episode did a very good job of yeah later gelling that out. And and then the quick explanation for why it did it at the end I thought was a little kind of thrown in there and, and lame, but... Well, you know everything else
2: about the story is really it enjoyable is. I, the doctor in this um and he we will all kind of at least I have been on the, the fence of saying that when he's with Susan he's very grumpy and then it's not until when Susan leaves that he kind of, start, kind of starts light, lightening up a little bit and this is one of those great examples where he's kind of in a lighter mood through a lot of it and kind of a playful doctor that we all love and know later um Time Meddler is another good example. Most like, some the Romans is another great example of that too, which comes before this. You know
3: what the key is there, and I've always thought this is he's so much a better person with Vicky. Vicky makes him. Such oh, a better, yeah. he always seems to enjoy the company of Vicky. They, he, always, seem he always always takes take a her road side. Road he always now I think part of that is the idea that the doctor is kind of substituting Vicky for Susan. Taking and perhaps, her surrogate granddaughter. Perhaps he's treating her differently than he treated how Susan we, because he wished he would have treated exactly, Susan exactly. I yeah, think I it's, it's a bit of a regret. And so, but he he always seems better, and he always plays off Vicki Su- or plays off Vicky much better than he does off of Ian and Barbara. And I think yeah. because it always feels like it's Ian and Barbara. And Vicky and the Doctor.
2: Well, I wonder if it's also because, if, he, if you look at it just from story aspect, he invited Vicky along. Mm-hmm. He didn't invite Ian and Barbara along. Mm-hmm. He kidnapped him. Right. So it's, I kind of can justify that way he Relationship reacts to that yeah, the relationships. Yeah. I would agree with that. That's a good point. I hadn't thought of that. Because she's the first one we see that he invites along. So it makes sense that he gets along better with her than Ian and Barbara
1: not to add any credence at all to that horrible listing of all Doctor Who stories, but Space Museum, for those that are interested, came in at number 158 out of the 241 episodes. Okay, So it's See, I think there so it's ones still ones. listed as below average. Yeah. but
2: I would definitely put above a lot of uh, First Doctor stories. It would probably be in my top 10 First Doctor stories. So well, I, 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 I didn't rank 10, it as low so. as... Okay. Well, they're probably really only about uh, yeah. and it'd be true.
1: <laughs> keep, keep in mind, though, that that same list had enemy of the world in the bottom twenty. So,
2: mm-hmm. oh, you see, that's, that's <laughs> so, completely
1: wrong. For, for, for what it's worth, um, I you know, I told Keith when we put this on the schedule because he he was fretting a little bit about well, how much of it is a direct lead-in to the chase, and shouldn't we do those together? And I said, well, I've got to be honest with you. I said, it's been a really, really long time since I've seen the Space Museum. But I don't remember anything huge. I think this one and the chase kind of pair up like Frontier in Space and Planet of the Daleks. There's not a whole lot of oomph there. And so, whereas before, my complaints were on record with Planet of the Daleks being a poor episode because it, you know we didn't resolve anything from the previous one. And so I thought, well, even if there is a big tie-up, we're going to push it back and do it later. Just and even
2: if there's a cliffhanger, you said just, it would just to just give it give your anticipation of the chase. Just to give it more. you
1: know its space. And if there is a cliffhanger, then there. And 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 then kind of going back and rewatching it, I was struck by how much I did not remember <laughs> from the story. There was a lot of it I didn't remember. I remembered the first episode. I remembered them seeing themselves in the tube and the Doctor hiding in the Dalek. Which of course that's an image that's I, even everywhere. I remember that image and knew yeah. it was from the story. Um, but there was a lot of it I didn't remember. And I found myself thoroughly enjoying it. But you don't regret that we didn't do this oh, no, right no, no, against no, no, the no, chase no, no. because I don't. I, I don't no, even do even do the, the
3: way change. it ends, I don't think you we yeah. necessarily had to move right on and keep doing. Oh, um, so many okay. of
2: the, I thought that's where so, you so, so many at. in this time ended that way, setting up the next episode. Yeah, well, they sometimes. just kind
1: of all run together because yeah. it's, it's a serial. But um, yeah, no. I, the, the, the point that I was trying to make with that is just that you know you can watch it very much as a standalone. And unfortunately, I think because it's got this weird stigma of not being a fan-loved episode, that BBC Worldwide probably tacked it on with mm-hmm. the chase, just because... The impression you know, now,
0: knowing my history with we the episodes it.
2: is I will, since I like the Space Museum, I probably won't like the chase. <laughs> oh, <I laughs> think and I'll be like, oh, I wish I could have the Space Museum on it by itself.
1: Especially for the cost of that set. <laughs> um, but what uh, what pleased me is And, and I, I felt validated when, when Keith and I went back and watched some of the special features on it. <laughs> there the, was, w-
2: the one that's um, Defending the Museum, a re by Robert Shearman. <laughs> Robert pretty much hit... Exactly, evolved. All Good the
1: right it. notes uh, of why this is an episode that's to, to be enjoyed. And so if you have this DVD, go and watch that documentary. It's only about nine minutes, and it's well worth your time. But he discusses the fact that it, it really, in some ways, is a parody. That it is meant to be played for laughs. And that it's a fun story, and it's a fun romp. And yes, there's serious seriousness to it, especially that first episode.
3: What is it parodying?
1: Well... It, kind of itself, it's, it's a parody of itself. It's a parody of the format of the show and the fact that uh, you know when when you break it down that, that your villains are the the morons, that it's it's so very close to morons of which they really are <laughs> because the they all both sets of aliens in this story are really kind of lame. You've got the the the, the big stuffy bad guys who conquered this planet an, uh, an eon ago, and now they sit around with a museum that's dedicated to the how wonderful we are, and nobody comes. Mm. I mean, that's how lame you are. Nobody comes to the museum of your accomplishments. Then you've got the the, the, the the young rebels who can't organize anything. They sit around in the coffee bar and talk about revolution like someday we're going to have one. But they well, never
3: get
2: there. Vicki kind of spurs the revolution because she's bored. Well,
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: And
2: and, and and i don't know that <clears throat> the one guy makes the comment when, when
3: don't, i don't think it needs i i don't think it needs that explanation no it doesn't because it, it, i think it stands on its own well enough and and all of the things that you're pointing to is well it's kind of a parody or it's meta or it, it they were they were valid story elements that i felt i didn't i didn't think wow, these guys are inept because they have a museum and nobody's coming So now that you point that out it, yeah that's a little funny but it didn't need that, you know what I mean? I, it, I, I think that's what I don't understand is why are we defending a story that I think in the first place was a good defending. story anyway? Yeah, no, defending. I I agree.
1: I mean, I I think this is a good story, and I think it's an enjoyable story, and I think that his he he's trying to put a spin on it that maybe it went over it's people's for, heads it's because it's it's so self-referential because oh, it okay. is very aware of what it's doing but it's almost so subtle about how it's going about being self-aware of what okay. it's doing that they didn't get it. And so I thought, well, maybe that's you know maybe that's maybe. the valid point. But he's, he's really trying to hammer down on the people who hate this story. Like, oh, Space yeah. Museum sucks. It doesn't suck. For the same reason that Talons isn't as good as everybody makes it out to be, <laughs> this isn't nearly as bad as everybody makes no, it out to be. It's yeah. actually a very good story. Now, I agree that I'm a little disappointed from the standpoint that this fantastic premise in Ep 1... Of arriving before you arrive. And that's really all we get with that. Mm-hmm. That then suddenly the rest of it becomes this quest not to wind up in the display case.
2: Which is kind of, a, I, I think, is Which it's, I'm still fine it, it's a with neat exploration. We're
1: left
3: dropping one serious element of the story right. in favor of the quest. Yeah. And
1: and, and and it still works, mm-hmm. but it, it it's, does still work. Yes. It's it's frustrating to see. Wow, that's a great nugget of an idea that they just chose not to tackle. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's kind of like, oh, it wasn't. It's not even well, a really missed opportunity. Kind of but, <laughs> yeah, I was like, hey, see this doohickey. It got stuck. Mm-hmm. You mean just like that's the <laughs> fast return switch and edge of destruction? You should probably oil some joints on the console <laughs> because everything's sticking.
2: Well, I, but I did like the exploration that they did. What little they did. Of them trying to change the future, especially this is the the first time, at least in the show, they would have done something like this. because yeah. it very much you can't change the past, right. what about the future? Right when you're when
3: when you're the one in danger, it's it's, it's imperative a, that you fix it. I the other thing I thought was interesting is the continuing display of did we fix it? Or well, did, is this part of what puts us in? And I love that yeah, that, that idea of continually of revisiting that when when getting to a point where I think we've fixed what we're well no the real ultimate thing is getting back to the TARDIS and leaving is you should have known that but they have those doubts and those moments of did what we just do fix and, and change the or future for us, us or did or is the, it leading us to that yeah. that fate? I and loved that, is that a revisiting that as we kept going and, and, I, and
1: I loved the 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 arc that they took through this where we tried so hard to affect the change ourselves and ultimately all wound up getting captured and all wound up in the prison. All pretty much failed. we were, and- were, were, were going to be turned and we get rescued by somebody else. And yet it's not a cheat because the only reason they were rescued by somebody else is because of the events that they were trying to change as they were going through it that affected those people which came back and affected them. Genius. That is such uh-huh. a just really well done because it's not the it's not the deus ex machina of some other thing intervened and said, right. "Okay, I'm going to come save you." It's still your responsibility. Right. You still affected the change. It just wasn't you actually saving yourself even right. though it was. That's really really cool. If you're going to give me that trade-off of here's this concept in episode one, but I'm not going to give that to you. At least you gave me yeah, this, I think that, which was a fine do, trade-off. What
3: they do land on is a, a satisfiable uh, uh, follow yeah. of what, what they set up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. And I think that's why I couldn't, I could, uh, you know, when they weren't going to answer or when they weren't going to stick with that concept or that idea beyond episode one – my first inclination was, oh wow, we're, we're dropping that. Why are we dropping that? But then the payoff for it just is still satisfying enough yeah. that it, it doesn't. I don't mind that they did.
1: Yeah, yeah no, and, and and again, this is. I, I, I sat there through the whole thing, kind of thinking what Keith just mentioned is that you know the, the doctor doesn't have Susan to worry about, which is why he's he's so humorous, and you know, it's it's re-
2: great for all the characters, really. It really
1: is. I mean, I mean, other than that poor Barbara gets who gets out, knocked unconscious well, ev- again. Everybody
2: <laughs> kind of gets taken out at one point or another or is focused on as much as the other. There's the whole episode where the doctor's on vacation again. And so that Which gives a, everyone else a chance to shine. It's, it's, it's a great balance for everybody. It's I, another I tell you, it
3: wasn't until two-thirds through that episode that I went, I haven't seen the doctor for a long time. I bet he's on vacation. <laughs> but I wasn't missing him. And because... Everything that was happening was compa- It's like that episode of, uh, or that uh, yeah, that enemy of the that world. particular episode yeah. of, of the world where you don't realize the doctor's gone until the end, and then you're like, oh yeah, oh, the doctor yeah. wasn't in that one. Yeah. This was nearly the same for me. Yeah. It was I was enjoying what was going on, and the characters were were well, relevant, and things yeah. were happening that I didn't occur to me until nearly the end of the episode that I went, oh. Well, and and, well,
2: and the they doctor wrote it, has it in in a well enough way where it makes sense that he's not active. Right? Right? He's getting and, transformed. It makes sense. And,
1: and Ian sells it at the end when he walks in the door and goes, doctor. And then we get, the, that's the cliffhanger. So we're all off going, oh, what's the deal? There's a uh, another fun documentary on here, A Holiday for the Doctor, <laughs> which goes back and recounts all the times that somebody's on vacation.
2: And the different ways they wrote it into the script. And the different ways the that they wrote it
1: into the script and changed it. And
2: including the accidental vacations like chicken pox for Jamie. <laughs>
1: and, and, and Keith and I went, laughed uproariously through this thing because it was like, how funny that we've been picking this thing apart every time somebody's gone and we're going, oh, and somebody's there were on holiday. And there's a whole documentary about, yeah, these people left because this show was in production 24-7. And yeah. there were a
2: couple we didn't realize that they were actually on holiday. Like Dalek Invasion of Earth, I think was one that they talked about that we didn't realize back when we reviewed it that the Doctor wasn't there. That's the one where he falls and hits his head. Yeah, but we yeah. didn't know he was on a holiday. You yeah, did? Know. Did we? We, we? I didn't discuss, discuss that. that. Yeah, there know. was one that we were both were like, "Oh yeah, we didn't know that." Yeah, he went to Spain.
1: Well, that's always where he goes. That's that's, that's his holiday
2: vacation. <laughs> he goes to Spain. Yeah, we did. We
3: discussed that. One.
1: Okay,
2: that. I, there was one. I remember. I don't remember which one it was now, but there was one where. Maybe it was the fact that he hurt himself in that one. There was one where the doctor hurt himself, and that's why he wasn't in it.
3: But that was the ramp on the well, that, ship. Well, that that's where he hurt later. That's
2: where he hurt himself. Yeah, but that
3: was after he. Had, I thought it was before. That was yeah. after they had written him.
2: The way they, hit his they head the way presented it would make sense. no. That's, w-
3: that's why he hit that, his head
2: because oh, that he hurt himself. The scene where he's going up he the was ramp on and
0: he
3: falls was was later in the story. That's why I was confused. Go watch
1: the documentary. It was interesting. okay we, we, the, the way they presented it is he fell off the ramp or, or
2: hurt himself heard, heard himself, himself right, coming right, down the ramp.
1: And then he came back the next week and was struggling with it, and then they decided we're not going to keep okay. going We're going to knock you this. out. So we'll, knock, okay. we'll, we'll knock you out, and that's why he hit his head. And okay. So the vacation in Spain was apparently so that he could uh, recover, you know, recover, recover his injuries.
2: Yeah. Okay. One thing I also kind of liked about this story was a lot of who is very fast-paced, and not, there's nothing wrong with that. This was very calm and kind of chill. I thought. I felt very... It was kind of a breath of air, like a, a relaxing beat in a season, it almost felt like. Like, it kind of ramped up near the end, and there was a permanent threat, but it was mostly them just kind of wandering a little
3: bit. I think because the, the emanating threat was always there, maybe it didn't seem...
2: It, it, it's not a because hyper sometimes threat, it they, was just kind of Sometimes when threat.
3: they really get into some story development, and it slows down, I do, I start to notice, and I didn't notice in this one, I mean, it just... And I think part of that was because of the imminent threat. Now, they do spend the whole first episode not not in danger. Not, well, and then they spend most of the so second exploring. episode and how, uh,
2: so many other ones of them trying to find their way out, right, too. Right. It's, not until they kind of truly meet up at But there's a lot of 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 running
3: and hiding in the the second one when they do realize they can be seen. Well, I mean, you're still stuck with
1: the the, the tropes, the escape and then, you know, or the hiding in the Dalek. And, hey, look, I I fooled them and I got out of this. And then walking out the door and getting captured by the other guys. I mean, it's like, oh, well, that was short-lived. I mean, you you still get those kind of things. And the wonderful bit with the sweater and let's unravel the good cardigan. That was cool. (laughs) Only uh, to have that not avail themselves of really anything. And oh, look, there, there is work. the out.
3: No, but it did, yeah. that's There is the out. Oh, you don't think this worked. Here and then are. they
1: get captured, you know, but it's just... Mm. Um, so, I mean, you, you get those kinds of things in it, but I, I kind of agree with you, that, and it, maybe that ties in with it. Maybe the it's not that it's a lackadaisical pace, it's because there is a threat, and there is a danger. It's there, but it's just... And they very much feel it. I mean, Ian verbalizes it several times, that...
2: Oh, and there's a couple times What do we do he, to
1: not wind up in a case? Ian and yeah.
2: Barbara snap at each other and have a great, married oh, yeah. couple moments.
1: But following that with the chase, which, as the title implies, is going to be a little more frantic. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so... I, I, think
2: yeah. that, I, I bet it probably was in... Writing Although, the stories, it might have been a. Kind it's, of a it's not. I mean, it, it,
3: It's really not because the chase is actually built up around three different, three or maybe four different stories yeah. too. So, <clears throat> but yeah, I I'm very very happy with this.
1: I, I don't understand why fandom yeah, at I'm, large is sour on the story, and I'm, I'm very pleased from the feedback that we got that you know most of our listeners seem to. Be on our side with it. it. Yeah. That they, you know yeah. they enjoy it as well. So it's a good one.
3: It's kind of actually. I'm kind of glad that it's on a disc with the or a, yeah the set with the chase because to me it's almost a twofer. Even though this is one of the more expensive ones because it's a three disc set, it's still not near as expensive as some of the stories that you would get with two or three stories like in a box set or something like that. So it's actually a manageable amount for two really solid stories. Yeah, so, I'll give you that. yeah Anything else? Well, thanks
2: so well, let's thanks move on, on to Doctor Who and the Pirates. Oh no!
1: You are
0: going
1: to sing! Well, yes! I am! I am the very model of a Gary and Buccaneer. I have information on all things a Gary Frey and Hellsmaster. I've linked into the Matrix through
2: his circuitry. I understand dimensional and relative chronometry. I'm very well acquainted too with matters of the capital. I'll give you a verse and chapter on the Penopticonian Protocol. I've been into the Death Zone and I played the game
1: of Rassilon. Rassilon? Bacilon? Bacilon? aha!
2: With pestilential monsters that he got a lot of hassle from. With pestilential
0: monsters that he got a lot
3: of hassle from. With pestilential
0: monsters that he got a lot of hassle from. With pestilential monsters that he got a lot of hassle, hassle from.
2: All aboard, me hearties, for a rip-roaring tale of adventure on the high seas. There'll be rum for all and sea shanties galore as we travel back in time to join the valiant crew of the good ship Sea Eagle, braving perils, pirates and paraplectic old ski-dog known only as the Doctor. Gasp as our Gallifrey and buccaneer crosses swords with the fearsome red jasper, scourge of the seven seas and possessor of at least one wooden leg. Thrill as evil in the pirate queen, sets sail on search of buried treasure with only a foppish ship's captain and an innocent young cabin boy by her side. Marvel at the melodious. Medali- mediodiodia- uh- I screwed up that word. Mayhem, which ensues as we sail... Malo- no, melodious. Melodious. Yeah. Mayhem, which ensues as we sail the ocean blue. And wonder why Evelyn still hasn't realized that very few stories have happy endings.
0: Dun, dun, dun! dun. Arr, arr, arr.
3: And you lied at the beginning of this show. <laughs> you actually do do a good pirate uh, voice. Uh, was good. Thank was good? You.
2: I figured that was a better synopsis than the Wikipedia. The Sixth Doctor and Evil and confront the feared pirate, Captain Red Jasper, and the Doctor sings I am the very model of a Gallifreyan Buccaneer.
3: Oh, that's it? That's oh, it. Oh, um, I'm so glad we got to this story. I've been waiting for a long time because... This was one of the ones that I listened to way back in the day when I was doing um, Big Finish Audio. And quite frankly, this one, when I first heard it, I mean, well, you guys at least have been set up to, to realize what it is. When I first got to this story, I went, ooh, a pirate story. Let's see what this is all about. And I just... I. I, I instantly loved it, <laughs> but did not know what to make of it because it is so many different things, oh. and
2: it was just. And well, it, it starts out with you know, sitting down and telling the story, which is a very different format for yeah. this for Big Finish thus far, and you get kind of, well, how much of this is the truth, and how much isn't, because obviously Evelyn's exaggerating multiple parts, and it's not until the doctor comes in that you realize that, okay, let's kind of <laughs> tame this down a little bit.
1: Wait, how can I... <laughs> she, she even <laughs> shot him.
2: <laughs> I thought you said he'd be around there. Oh, yeah. And I love that well, Sally was the calls first out did on that all that this <laughs> stuff, too. The, I'm pretty sure that pirates didn't have two pig legs. <laughs> And two hooks for hands, and how is he going to shoot the How does he pull the trigger if <laughs> he has two hooks for hands? All of that stuff was great. Yeah. Um,
3: but it, it's funny because this is the one that everybody says. Oh, well, that's the musical. That's the musical. That's me. And it's really every long. time I hear somebody say that, I think, well, yeah, that is the musical one. But it's really just that little that, centerpiece well, that of this. You know, the, the, yeah, that one middle extra the middle. It's like the third episode. isn't yeah, it? it is. Yeah. And so. But it's very heavily a musical in that episode, from beginning to the end. They're singing almost the entire way, and so. And I always think, you know, what I'm kind of glad that people say, "Well, that's that musical one," because you know what? When you get to it, then it's so different. Then you know it's you yeah. know what's coming at you least. Mean, well, and it's so different too that that you're caught you're still caught off by you're caught on you're still caught by surprise by it because of the structure of it, the weight of it, the heaviness <sighs> even, of even it, all of the lightness of it. The funness of it. I mean, just all of the different things about it.
2: Even going into it, all of our discussions about it, you mentioned that he sings the song. I thought it was going to be that niche. I didn't know it was going to be a full episode of songs.
3: Well, <laughs> that was my, my, my thought when it first happened, the first time I listened to it. When he starts singing, I went, what? And I thought, well, that's clever. That's, you know, uh, Modern Major General from uh, Pirates of Benzance. And I thought the same thing. I thought, well, obviously they're not going to
2: keep keep doing this as a musical. Nope. Surprise! (laughs) We are going to keep doing this as a musical. And I love that the cliffhanger of episode two was not (laughs) not going to sing. Are you? (laughs) Oh, you are going (laughs) to sing. (laughs) Oh Um, no, you are going to sing. I think this is probably the best way Doctor Who can do pirates. Proper, like time period pirates, is to do the stereotype of the pirates. Because if they were to do them otherwise, versus Curse
1: of the Black Spot,
2: yeah, a curse, it'd be Curse of the Black Spot or. Well, and
3: I, I also liked it in, in the way that we talked last week about the Doctor and Perry being and airman being plucked down in what is it sixteenth seventeenth century um, France among the Musketeers and and all of that politically that was happening at that time. That it would we've been taken out of the story had D'Artagnan and Athos and Porthos and yeah, I always forget the other guy's name uh, showed up. And so, in this sense, I like the idea that it, what's the girl's name? Is it Lucy or Sally? Sally. Sally. Sally keeps bringing up. Well,
2: that's not. Historically that's not historically
3: accurate. accurate. That's not. You know, you're a you, history
2: teacher. You should. Yeah, but you're
3: you're using allegories that are in the Lewis, uh, Robert Louis Stevenson, you know, version of that, yeah. that were you know it's what, exaggerated it's for the I love that. Yeah, From exactly. A story. And I love that she's taking the the the. Historical accuracy and melding it with the idea, the fantasy of pirating, and I, I like that she's doing that, and and it, it works so well for the story, especially from the aspect of underneath the layer of this story is a really heavy, serious oh yeah issue, and it's this is built on levels so well that it it's not a fun romp that doesn't take itself seriously because it has a reason for doing what it does and that's why i think i like this story so much because of the different levels well, even before and they layers go to of the, the song, story they
2: give you the reason why exactly it and doesn't wait to the end to drop the weights right, kind right. of get the and idea they, they work on. into it and so
3: i think it would be very difficult to do a story like this and keep it serious throughout the whole way Without just really dragging you down emotionally, and so this one strikes that wonderful balance of taking two extremes and and creating this wonderful story with with these multiple layers in it. And that's just that's well done storytelling.
1: It's really the kicker is that we we get, we get the different format, we get the you know the storytelling, we get the musical, we get all these fun fluffy pirate bits and the over to the top performances and the insanity. And, and and Sally's kind of the anchor of, of all of that going, but wait a minute. So she she, <laughs> she kind of prevents the balloon from lifting off too high, you know, and becoming so implausible that it's ridiculous. Um, And, and the fun parts of this uh, are like bang, bang, and boom. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, you know, with just the, the, the light nature of it. And it's appropriate that the anchor is Sally. When you get to the end of it. And I'll be honest, as we were kind of very quickly wrapping everything up in part four, I found myself growing a little disillusioned with the story. Because it seemed like we had spent a lot of time running around with these pirates and having these grand adventures, only to very, very quickly wrap it all up. Here's the info dump, here's what happened to them, boom, end of story. Because we don't need to tell that part of it anymore because uh, uh, the kid, what's his name? Jim. 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 Because Jim's dead. Jim London. Uh, And and that's the end of it. And that Evelyn's a little older and a little wiser and a little more tired now. And I was like, I'm going to feel very disappointed if this is where we leave this. But it's the last two minutes where we finally get around to the business of why we came to Mm -hmm. see Sally. And the implications of the letter Mm -hmm. that she posted to Evelyn. Yeah. That really just, with the final... You know, the final mortar going up of the brickwork of the foundation of this right, thing, but right. we didn't tell you that until the end of it, and it justified everything. Yeah, oh, I, suddenly, I suddenly didn't care that we wrapped up the pirate story mm-hmm. because we didn't need to talk about that anymore. This was just the distraction of because the Spawn. Because guess storm. What?
3: This is what the story is. Yeah, and that's where you, you do that. You go yeah. And, yeah. And, it, like, and that part of it was mess. genius. And this the is- doctor is so eloquently acted and betrayed in that those oh, last moments of that is talking was probably one with, of his best with Sally has. was just yeah incredible i i i thoroughly love that it was just in fact i got chills listening to it the second time even and almost tearful over it and because it's 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 it's, it's honest and it's inspiring and it's very truthful i mean yeah. it's just it deals with the topic at hand Perfectly.
1: It's um, probably Colin Baker's finest performance. I think so too. Yeah, that, w- that we've gotten to to date.
0: Mm-hmm. I think um, so too.
1: And we've raved about how much we like him in the audios and how much that's been, you know bled over into rewatching TV episodes mm-hmm. or watching TV episodes for the first time and kind of getting it. Um, but being able to swing both ends of the spectrum oh, from did
2: such a good job with it.
1: the singing. Obviously, is a big,
3: you know, bit of it, and and uh, he can carry it him
1: Yeah, I
2: mean, it's he's it's not it's, you know, it's not
3: Broadway caliber singing, but he's he 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 pulls it off. Oh, he pulls yeah. it off well. He commits to it, and it's you know. yeah, he commits, and it, it's it's very Gilbert and Sullivan. It's very, I mean, that's a tough song to do on its own. Oh yeah, but to come up with completely different lyrics for it and do it that way,
2: and I, just I, I love how so in universe, universe with pause and so try hilarious. to come up with a. But I'm not sure that's canonical.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Just those kind of things.
0: I'm not sure that's canonical.
2: I also liked how it wasn't until the very end song um, of the entire story, the end, they didn't do a remix of the theme until the very end. I liked Mm -hmm. how they kind of left you on that musical up note, even after this very Mm -hmm. sad speech. Agreed. Mm -hmm. In fact,
3: that was probably calculated in the sense that they realize that okay, with well, this end speech is very heavy. And while it's 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 enlightening at the end because oh, she does yeah. make that choice to make a, a, a different decision. You you can tell this has worked. You yeah. can tell that, that she's been reached. You need that happy tune to end yeah. on still. And right. so that it already come it does a upswing. But I think because I kept thinking the first time I listened to it, why don't they do a Doctor Who pirate theme song in between, even from the very beginning mm. um and then when they do it at the end, it's almost like aha, that's why because they wanted to end on that, you know, that lightness. that, yeah. that this is this is you know this is an element of what this was about, and I, that was yeah very well done.
1: Um, pro- full props to Jacqueline Rayner, the uh, writer. Mm-hmm. We came off of uh, the Marion Conspiracy. Right. Um,
2: Rayner also wrote um, Earthworld, Earthworld, <laughs> and some Bernie's Summerfield stuff, yeah. and adapted them for Big Finish. Well, I was relating things that we'd already heard yeah, but
1: <laughs> Heard and read. Heard and read. So, uh, yeah, I, this is uh, this is another one of those. The, the, the Big Finish fans, I think, well, Doctor Who fans in general, we won't pin it down Big Finish, but the, the fan reaction to this seems to be pretty well split down the middle, that it's either the most awesome thing that, that they've done or... Wow, what was up with this horrible pirate story <laughs> that was backward storytelling
3: and this change? It, in format I haven't that I I hadn't looked. looked. Is this a love it or hate it story? It seems to Is be it? a love See, it or hate I, it. I don't
2: think uh, I kind of fall in the middle of it. I, I enjoyed it, I thought it was fun, and I enjoyed the serious aspects of it, but I didn't absolutely love it, but I didn't hate it either. Mm. See, I absolutely love it. It's one of my favorite big finish. I think it was sent it, out it. It above been. it.
1: I think had it, had it not ended the way well, that it gonna did We're going to rank things, wow. yeah, I have
3: a lot here about this But this is one of my favorites So, I, 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 I think
2: part of the, my I didn't love it also Is because I'm not a huge fan of Pirates in general So, that's oh, it's Pirates Okay
1: What about Doctor Who and the Ninjas? Would that have made a difference for you? Uh,
3: Doctor and the Zombies, he'd have been all over <laughs> And it's a musical? <laughs> wow <laughs> And it's Zombie Sheep? <laughs> wow <laughs> And James Gunn directed it?
0: <laughs> wow!
1: And there's a Cyberman. <laughs> That's why you like Cybermen so much. They're pretty much the Doctor Who zombies. Eh, kind of. <laughs> it's a good <laughs> thing. I they, zombies, they're right? pretty much the I, Doctor Who zombies. Just I like smart.
2: that. I, I like other undead things too. Achievement Unlocked. <laughs> I like
3: vampires. <laughs> Keith Psyche. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good story
1: all, you don't like the good story all around. Both so. good stories all around.
2: Uh, depending on, on the vampire stories. I liked State of Decay. Uh,
1: you did like State of Decay. Yeah.
2: You know. I, didn't. I like Buffy. I like True Blood. Don't talk about Twilight because they're not vampires.
1: No. You do yo, like the ho,
2: Yo ho a pirate I, I wasn't a big fan of the big finished Dracula or vampire story. I thought it was okay.
1: Oh, the uh, Project
3: Twilight. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I guess I yeah, I like pirates a lot. So I like pirates. I kind of take them or leave them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like the pirate films. I really, I I really
3: seen, I, love the Pirates of Caribbean ride. I still have like one of my all time favorite, favorite. That's good. I, I played um, the game just because it was a Lego game. I like the pirate well, movie. spoilers. You know how it ends. Puff. I don't think like I remember blowing. it. <laughs> puffing. Keep on puffing. Blowing. Did you finally watch all of it yet? I didn't go back oh, and watch it. You gotta watch
1: it, but I mentioned it to James that I because i have gotten that I wrote and he's and he, totally free on he YouTube. Had, he had the same reaction. God, I loved Christy McNichol as a
3: kid. <laughs> <laughs> Keep on puffing, blowing. Ah, all right. What's coming up on the stuff. schedule, quickly, 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 quickly?
1: Next week or this week? Later this week, Friday night. Who is Doctor Who? The movie, Paul McGann, Eighth Doctor. Yay! And then on the, the eighth, on the eighth, the eighth month, the eighth of the eighth month, the Eighth Doctor. Got all that? Good. Uh, our show next week is going to be the audio adventure. I don't remember which one it is now. It's the next uh, Eighth Doctor audio adventure in the main line.
2: Absolution. I have it on my iPod. I? I have to go get my iPod.
1: And Spore, which is the... <laughs> Spore, we remember. <laughs> Spore, I remember. That's which podcast. is the uh, the no. ebook uh, of, the, the, of the line. The puffin' e The puffin' ebook, Keep puffin'. And blowing. <laughs> 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 um, so there's that. And then the following week for Friday Night Who, we are doing the two-part David Tennant starring Human Nature Family of Blood in preparation for... Keith is correct. It's Absolution. It Sorry, is Absolution. Yeah, the, uh, 101, uh, if I'm... I closed my phone, you closed your phone. <laughs> and then uh so the following week is uh, uh human nature family blood in preparation for the novel, which we will kind of be discussing the pros and cons and differences and comparisons, uh, comparisons and so forth.
3: delve into some com- can- discussion on canon as well, so how canon works in those yes.
1: So uh, you do have um, quite a bit of homework. Actually, you've got some light reading, some heavy reading because it's a it's a fairly thick book. It's uh, one
3: hundred ninety eight pages. One hundred
1: ninety 2 ish. I'm thirty six into it now, so oh, I, I have well, you're started.
3: For, you're, you're finally I'm one 22. week into me. <laughs> <laughs> it's two hundred sixty two pages. Have you listened to Absolution? I have not listened All to Absolution. Right, well, yet. I'm, about, I'm about a third in Absolution, so. We're,
1: um, so the, so you've got uh, the short story and the audio for this week and then the novel for next week so get on it kids how many
2: pages? 262 62. Oh, well. 262
1: that's a thicker book than yeah, I thought it was it is, it
2: is. but cool. it's the
1: 7th Doctor not being the 7th Doctor
2: maybe if I get that
3: knocked out this week I can start Long Barrel next week although I still got to finish Harvest of Time how far did you did you get to the awesome point yet? Uh no, I'm la la although la la I guess like like I guess spill- it's already been spoiled on the discussion. I'm in chapter three, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just haven't I I bit, a little, a little time. It's it's hard to get into. I, I the pu- the um prologue it was amazing and it just I read through it just speedily and I loved it, it was so engaging. And then the it first starts chapter like, drag. It kind of starts like a third Doctor story drag, does. It kind of slows the, the third chapter started getting interesting,
2: and then I got busy doing other things. So. It sets up like a six-part third Doctor story of the first yeah, two are kind of building. that's what I was afraid building.
3: of. I think that's part of the reason I'm having the trouble to get through it. Because I do have a lot on my plate, a lot going on, but I'm just when I get to it, it feels like a chore right now. So, yeah, I haven't gotten near as far as anything Alright, well that's enough of that And that's going to do it for this week Until next week, I'm Glenn I'm Sean
2: I'm King. Arr Arr, ya